welcome back to Shelf by Genre, a show about types of literature and the worlds they imagine. Today we're reading Gene Wolfe's The Earth of the New Sun, and this episode is about the entire book, The Earth of the New Sun. For a list of content warnings, please check the episode description. I am Cameron, and with me here are my holographic clones, Michael and Austin. I'm the one who taught people everything. I'm opening like, my mouth to show you don't show you I don't have a tongue. I don't believe you. <laughs> let me look. Let me look a little closer. <laughs> yeah. Could you I emanate a light by which I could yeah. see that you don't have a tongue? Oh, here, I'll let me activate my bioluminescence. Oh, that means you're horny. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are real things. About this, are, book. Uh, this is sometimes there's a bit at the beginning of the episode, and sometimes we just say things that happened in the book. Yeah. <laughs> we could this just is start the latter stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A different bit we could have done is that one of us could have been a, a wounded person and the other one could have been a metal person who then the wounded person climbed inside of in what was a deeply psychosexual sequence. Oh, my God. This whole thing. It is. Uh, it is interesting that the uh, Etten bit from a uh, previous from the Monster Manual episode. Yeah. Uh-huh. Of uh, Shell by Genre, you can check that out. Patreon.com slash range touch. Listen to the Monster Manual episode of uh, the Shell by Genre bonus odes. But uh, basically, it's just that bit, but done, <laughs> but in the book. In the book. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of the Etten, uh, our good friend, the Etten comes back, uh, the two headed uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 king Typhon, the monarch Typhon, back. Mm-hmm. In fact, everybody's back. <laughs> Just literally every, everybody. If if everybody's book, back. If if uh, what, what the fuck is the fourth book called? Is it Citadel of the Altar? Is that the Citadel of yeah. the Altar? Okay. Yeah. So if Citadel was the Metal Gear Solid Four, then this was the Avengers Endgame. Yes. <laughs> there was yes, quite absolutely. literally a sequence where everyone shows up via portals. <laughs> dun 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 dun, and then here comes Dorcas with a knife. <laughs> I love in that sequence that it is so much like a you know some Avengers bullshit because Doctor Talos turns to the camera yes. at one point and is like I'm Doctor Talos. Yes, he had that in his <laughs> contract. Me? He got yeah. a line. He's the yeah. only one of them that gets a fucking line. <laughs> this book is so wild because it's like you know the question you have when you finish uh, Book of the New Sun is like well what could what like what is the coda right like what yeah. is the thing that happens after this? What and, more could be said here? Right, right. and then. And then this entire book is like, you know, maybe the first 10 chapters, it's this is what we're doing. And then the next few chapters, it's like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> and then a few chapters after that, it's like, oh, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And then it swings back around to wait, this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think the first 25 chapters could have been in the previous book. <laughs> And then, I, yeah, I, well, like, yeah, we should we should just let's measure. Let, let's get a uh, let's get a measurement here so that people are indexed to where we are with this book. Right. Because yeah. we're three different people. We got three different opinions. Mm-hmm. People want to know they want to they want to get in the camps. You know what I mean? They want right, to be able right. to say, like, oh, I'm whose flag am I am I waving here? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, whose symbols make me right, you know right, I mean? right, right. So if you could pick three symbols from this to put on your crest (laughs) in your mausoleum for it has slain you, which, by the way, that doesn't happen in this book. Yeah. Yeah. When does he build the mausoleum for? Who builds his mausoleum? Different guy. When? 
Previous guy. <laughs> Which one? We see Quit a bunch of about previous it. guys. I promise you, you don't want to think about it oh too my hard. God. It's the one thing <laughs> that felt like a material thing this book could answer. Yeah. I didn't need to see Apu Punch Out. Anyway. <laughs> He's dead in there. Don't touch him. Apu Punch Out's dead. In the don't other... touch him. It's fine. It could be anybody. Well, and that's fine, except they made a book about answering every other question. <laughs> and this one didn't even like wasn't even gestured at in such a way as to like introduce new curiosity. Yeah, you're right. Anyway. Welcome to welcome to this book. <laughs> uh yeah, what are your three symbols that go on your thing? Uh, 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 Michael, off the off the dome, what are your three symbols uh, that go on your flag? God. And then tell us your opinion about uh this book. Okay, so off the dome, my symbols are uh an adorable little trivel. <laughs> um uh-huh. <laughs> uh uh I guess, I guess it's got to be that tongueless lady who's horny, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, Some sort of space horny. Yeah. Heaven horny. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Odalo on his shitty little raft. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, how do you feel about the book? Yeah, that's the other part, uh, the part that matters. Yeah, there's, it's a yeah. two-part question. Uh, I think this book is not good, but I think it is deeply fascinating. Mm, okay. Austin, where are you at? Three symbols, Three and, symbols. Then your, uh, and then your opinion on the book. Symbol one, very easy. The laser gun I willed into existence in the last episode where I was like, it would be, I thought for a second that he would carry this laser gun into space and have swashbuckling adventures with it. And then he does, even though he gave it away, he got a different one. He like went to the yep. store, the, the <laughs> fucking Herodul store and was like, give me one of the ones I gave away. I need that one. Y'all got, y'all got this model. Uh, so that's one. Two is like a smiling skull, which is a stand-in for like a zombie that you resurrect. Mm-hmm. Um, um, God. And I think we are going to have some crossover. I think it's the furniture raft from the end of the book. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just so – it's such a good little image. I don't know how you put that onto a little medieval arms, but like, you know. That's for the people who are listening to do when, right. they, yeah. when they inevitably try to draw That's these. right. So that, that's there. Okay. Well, it, that's a, it's a good uh, little flag. What, what do you got for? You people? know, I think that there are some interesting things in this book. Um, I think that it is. Uh, it's kind of what I said before, which is like, I think that the first 25 chapters of this book could have gone. I, I don't think that they do anything that's like so uh, those don't answer the questions in a way that upsets me or that makes me feel like uh, I've lost out. Like it gives a certain amount of resolution to something that I don't know needed resolution, but it's still. If you kind of did that and then the final three chapters of the book, I would be pretty happy with it. Um, And I'm not mad at it in any real way. I'm not like, you know, I've kind of made peace with the sort of cyclical bullshit uh, Mm -hmm. and the fact that like Severian is our special boy who's going to win every fight and Severian can't fail right like the song mm. um but <laughs> the uh <clears throat> your catholic upbringing's kind of put you in like the goku chamber severian put For himself th- in the goku chamber i think you'll find <laughs> uh but also was put there by a past severian and also by an angel um, right uh and also by an angel's child who he slept with to to christen <laughs> a new world <clears throat> there is a there is nothing i like more maybe than when he meets a straight up Catholic angel in space, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And he goes, I think you might be that angel that gave its shape-shifting power to a... To, to a, a rooster. 
to yeah. a, uh, to a, no to a, uh, a goose. A one goose. Time. Oh, sorry, it was the goose that got the wings that could fly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The great. He goose. Just, he, he's like you know he's like uh, you know he's got, his eyes are slits. You know he's like I think you might be that angel, the yeah. goose, the goose angel, and it might have been because then he does that for him. That's true. So maybe he's just like yeah, funny guy. Yeah, I'll give you your little leg back. Fine, whatever. Get out of here. This is how I read Zod, uh, Zod Kiel, by the way. Hey, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're all good. We're all we're good, good you and me. We're good here. Yeah. Um, and then it's kind and of then, a Joe I Pesci guess, type, you think? It's kind of, Joe, kind of a Joe Pesci type. <laughs> what, you think this trial is a joke? <laughs> uh, oh, my God, the trial. The trial, uh-huh. quote, unquote. Um, yeah. I, you know, uh, uh, but the 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 there's a lot of stuff in the back half of this book that I feel I feel is like too clean and too sweet, too like 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 formally sweet. You know what I mean? Like it's all mm-hmm. just a little too neat. Um, I and and zeroes into stuff that I'm not really that I don't super care about. And there's also a point at which I think the like the the metaphysical. I, I learned too much about the metaphysical underpinnings of the world. I think there's enough there that's kind of interesting. I think that Gene has some killer descriptions of it all, but like I didn't, I probably could have stopped at knowing the words Bria and Yassad without having to think too deeply about the corridors of time or um, about, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Cause some of the, some of the most um, like some of the most affecting stuff in this book is the final five or, you know, there's there's a set of chapters there where Severian is in a different time, a different place, uh, and it feels claustrophobic, and it feels like he's stuck there in a real way. And that's mm-hmm. effective, even if I'm not enjoying a word that I'm reading. Like, I felt closed in by the book in that way. And so, like, I don't know, partly, partly I'm saying I wish the book resolved less, but also mm-hmm. I think maybe partly I'm saying I think that the the effect that Gene was going for was discomfort and I was, I was not comfortable in it. And so I'll have to kind of sit with it. You know, I finished this book yesterday. Right. So mm-hmm. mixed at best though, is my initial response. My flag would be the baby baby, uh, with itself holding a flag, mm-hmm. uh, in a giant wave, Wait, which baby, baby, the baby, baby, what baby, baby from, from the bald Anders is ba- baby, the baby. big baby. The big baby baby. Yeah. yeah. Who mm-hmm. might be an undying. <laughs> might be an undying. Could be anything. An other person. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I think this book uh, is, you know, I started reading it. Yeah. A few days ago. Yeah. You came and into I it thought, not liking it. You've read it once yeah, before? And I thought, twice before? Exactly. No, I've read it uh, two times before, three times okay. before, something like okay. that. I've read it every time I've read Book of the New Sun. Okay. Um, I, That's wild to me, given your distaste your previously stated distaste for it. I believe in doing the work. And every time I think maybe my opinion will change. And this time I thought maybe my opinion will change. Mm-hmm. And I came into it. I th- I know what I don't like about it. When we can, we can get into it specifically, but I've dialed into what I don't like. I don't like all the answering stuff. I don't like the Christmas Carol esque. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now everyone's back telling you about the metaphysics of the universe yeah. stuff. Yeah. I really don't like that. And I and we'll get into this more deeply post summary, but the thing I really don't like is everything on the spaceship. <laughs> everything I think on if the you spaceship. Just, I hate everything. You don't like all the just like, uh, I mean, those are conceptually cool. That's like two sentences of idea. You don't among- like him sitting in the dark room 
with the no, no that's great okay, that can happen anywhere yeah but it's a spaceship. dark rooms are everywhere in the universe no, but it can't happen yeah. no it has to happen on the spaceship well, the it thing doesn't. about the spaceship is like it's a particular <laughs> mode of Gene Wolfe that we didn't quite see in Book of the New, New Sun proper, which is like metaphysical farce Gene Wolfe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is like that's yes. a mode that he operates in. He has a couple of other novels that like have this kind of like the tenor of like a screwball comedy happening in the completely wrong genre. Right. It's 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 right. A mer- it's a it is a screwball assassination comedy happening in the library of Babel, but in space. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and there's all this like the thing I don't like about it is how it plays both very like um, space opera esque. Mm-hmm. It's so specific about like how you move around, yeah. how big it is, yeah. how how uh, Severian's able to like jump from place to place, you know, like. When they're out on the surface of the ship or whatever, and people are like shooting the uh, the sails, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? There's all this like playfulness around, like, well, it's a ship, so it's got a wooden exterior. It has sails, but they're not like sails you think. They sail solar winds. Like every part of it is a space opera stapled on to Gene Wolfe's like cutest impulses, mm-hmm. and I hate it. <laughs> I just truly think that it it is like the worst stapling of swashbuckling ship stuff. Two, Gene Wolfe's concerns that I don't care about, right? right? And like the genre meld is the thing that really bothers me. And I think I would like this book a lot more, even with all the answer stuff that I don't care for, all of that. I think I would like it if it didn't have a straight up hundred pages of spaceship stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the stuff going on with Zach, right? Where he's like a tribble and then a human being. <laughs> yeah. And like, how does that keep happening? That's conceptually cool. I don't like that it's strung through this like, you know, and then I could hear sailors running over there, and then I would yeah. wait for the sailors to pass. And then when I knew the sailors had passed, I walked out after the sailors, and then I attacked the sailors. I like have all a of question about yeah. about um, the experience of reading this book, which is we, word by word, word by word, one word yeah. at a time. Um, yeah. This book came out when five um, years after. Is that right? Eighty-seven. Yeah. 87 and the and the fourth Citadel came out 83, after. right? So four years. Do you think that having a four-year gap, because a thing that's happened, when I first started reading this book, a note that I made was that, oh, this is the same story again. Like it starts with him being, you know, exiled from a place that he calls home. Mm-hmm. He runs into, you know, a woman who seems to love him but will betray him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, you know, uh, has to, he's assaulted in the dark in this specific way. That's like, there are all these things that were doubling up in a way. And like, then it falls apart. It doesn't stick like that, right? That's not how, that's not where it goes. But the beginning of the book is a swashbuckling adventure story in, in a way that the beginning of the book of the new sun after the introduction, like once he sets out, once he sets off, right, basically, um, uh, and goes into Nessus, we talked a lot about it at the time as being a, um, why am I blanking on the genre? Uh, picaresque. The, yeah, picaresque, right? Like, oh, moving from place mm-hmm. to place. And that's not the genre space that those books end in, right? Those books mm-hmm. end in a kind of quiet, contemplative, um, uh, you know, first it's a war novel, <clears throat> and then the back final chapters of that book are in this other space where we're getting a bunch of big questions answered, but also we're getting like um, uh, Severian quiet and thinking a lot, which is where this book goes, right? So in some ways there is a mirroring, right? Because the end of this book is just Severian saying, shut up, I need to think over and over again. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Um, and so I wonder if like we had not come right after that mode into this, you might just still not like the genre blend. Like, I know that you're not a genre fusion person, but I do think that there is something not a disservice done to the book, but I think that a particular affective experience that we're having is reading it three days after finishing book four and not four years after finishing book four. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, Gene has to think about that when he writes the fifth book. Like that's just, that's how people read books. But, but I do wonder if the experience of like, Oh wow, it's been four years. Let me reopen a book and have like an adventurous time and then slowly move into the metaphysical pondering and then the guilt and all the other stuff that comes after the new earth, you know, the new sun shows up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my, that's my, Hmm about it. Well, I think a thing worth pointing out also is that this book was so one of the things that is often remarked upon about Book of the New Sun, particularly like the first half or so, or at least the uh, Shadow of the Torturer, is the obscure and elaborate and dense way in which it is written. Mm-hmm. And we talked on the main, ep- on like all the previous episodes, how that changes over time, right? The book gets a bit more direct, but it's still kind of obscure. And then this book just has a completely different voice to it entirely, yeah. right? It is yeah. it is, it is written in a way to evoke uh, what we associate with the prose style of Book of the New Sun. Yeah. But it is much clearer, much more direct. Uh, and it feels odd, at least to me. I think on, on whatever episode where Cameron even raised the question of like, would we even read this? One of the one of the um, defenses of it. I I'm gave. back in time talking to myself. <laughs> Look, we're, we're looking we're doing the Spider-Man meme together. Yeah. <laughs> back in time with me. Uh, I said one of the reasons that uh, this book is compelling to me and not compelling in necessarily a good way, but like in, in the way that I mean, history, if anyone has listened to our shows, right, history demonstrates <laughs> that my liking something is completely untethered to how good it is. I mm-hmm. like things that are awful because I think they're interesting. Right. Um, and one of the things that I find really interesting about this book, like the feeling that it gives me and the comparison I made then was uh, when I was a kid and I was playing Shadows of the Empire on the Nintendo 64 and mm-hmm. I beat that game. Right. I just like mopped it up. But it was the 90s or whatever. Up. Yeah. Like I had all the challenge medals and whatnot. Damn. Wow. Um, the game was hard. It was. Yeah, just, you jumped around hard. that trash planet with Boba Fett on it and stuff. Yeah. The train and the. Going through those sewers underneath Prince Shizor's castle. This is what you do when uh, there is no internet and you have one game. (laughs) Did you get, by the way, as children, not to like give us a Phoenix Down moment, that that, first of all, I always said Prince Sizor because I'm just reading it, but Mm -hmm. it's it's Caesar. He's Caesar. Uh That's the joke. (laughs) That's, well, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, do you know the word czar and, and uh, yeah. Caesar are related? Yeah, I, yeah, I did. Yeah. I'm just blo- I'm just blowing teen Austin's mind. <laughs> Kaiser. Those, those I knew. Yeah. That's the okay. thing. So yeah. I don't know how I didn't make that. I didn't you were like, that would never go to space. That would never go to Star Wars. That would Star never Wars go to long Star Wars. Time wouldn't ago. Have that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, and, right. And far away. And far right? away. Uh, but anyway, when I was playing that game, I eventually got to the point where I would, uh, you could put in a debug code. And uh, I just started going into every level and like putting in the debug code and fussing around with all the settings. And uh, one of my earliest experiments with this was on that first level when uh, you're you're doing the Hoth fight from the Empire mm-hmm. Strikes Back. Uh, I put in the debug code and I did something with the settings that eventually got me to pop out of the game into the skybox. 
and I was stuck outside of the game. And like, this is the this was the first time that uh, I got to see how a 3D game was put together. Right. Right. I I was like, oh, what is this? This is so weird. Like I got to see like at a different kind of level of abstraction, like what the computer was doing to, to render all this level. And I was like seeing sort of like polygons from the inside out. And, right. and then I was stuck. I couldn't get back into the game. So I was just like circling the map in the skybox. Uh, and the I remember the feeling I had of kind of, you know, the realization of like, oh, this is how the thing is made. But then also kind of that feeling of demystification or disappointment where uh, I realized like, oh, this whole thing is so much smaller than it appears. Right. Mm. Right. Because it is such an illusion. Uh, And that's kind of how this book feels to me is that it is uh, interesting in terms of like disclosing some of the ideas that Wolf has or was like working over in Book of the New Sun or sort of how his thinking on those ideas has developed. And at the same time, it also ends up making Book of the New Sun so much smaller than Book of the New Sun can feel when you're reading it for the first time and don't know any of this stuff. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I will. I will one day go back and reread these books probably, right? Um, And I, I, poison by knowledge, doesn't begin to say it. Right, mm-hmm. like it is, it is. Uh, it would be a different reading experience entirely, um, uh, and that I think is is a shame in some ways, um, because so much of what I like about those first four books is the curiosity that they breed, the the open questions, not not in the who was Severian's sister way, though I, I do have a theory about that now after that, <laughs> after you raised it last time. And I was like, oh, who cares? Now I'm like, uh, what if it's so-and-so? Mm, mm. Uh, well, you've, you've Even the mightiest me. among us. You've infected me with the mind virus, haven't you? I know. Um, yeah. But I do think that there is, I think that, I think that's a really great metaphor for this, uh, Michael. That makes, that makes a ton of sense. I forget what I was going to interject with before and add, but it doesn't matter. More about Star Wars, probably. Probably it was more it about probably Star talk Wars. about the debug code. It was no, probably, it was before uh, that part. It was Mon Calamari sixty nine. It was something about this book. Yeah, it's Mon Calamari sixty nine. That's the debug code. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. That's this is why they won't let me work on Star Wars. <laughs> mm-hmm. I keep this pitching the debug. I keep pitching these debug codes. <laughs> no one wants to hear them. <laughs> Kathleen uh, Kennedy is up there, like no. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Lucas Arts back in time is telling me I can't work on these things. Uh, you want to, uh, rather than uh, circling the drain, trying to figure out what you were going to say. Yeah, we should just go in. Why don't we have, uh, yeah, Michael read the summary. Okay. And then we can talk about. So the this is a hundred word summary, right? Like, like the way that Severian explains everything about his life to Zadkiel in a hundred <laughs> words. Yep. Uh, uh, no, this is, I, I wanted to follow my model who was Cameron. Uh, you know, yep. I got to keep the, the hierarchy of creation going. That's right. Cameron, uh, who is the model of his subjects. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but also I didn't have as much space to do a couple of sentences per chapter. Say more about my urine. <laughs> uh, it's the champagne, not the wine. There we go. It's the uh-huh. champagne. There we go. The champagne. Uh, but you can only piss in one region of France. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, uh, being the first autarch who knows that a bias taken over France. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so I just I just did uh I did one sentence per chapter. So this is the fifty one sentence. <laughs> oh my summary. god! Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I like it. That's kind of like how it. I do it. That's yeah. pretty close. Um, you, I do, I write a paragraph per chapter normally. But yeah, yeah. Nope. This no, is I'll allow it. One sentence uh, per chapter, and uh, one of the Ooh. things that I thought it was really important to. 
uh, maintain for the listener in case they hadn't read is, again, some of the the feelings of weirdness of reading this book of this is what we're doing or Mm -hmm. this is what's happening or what? So uh, be prepared. Severian complains about his inexplicable compulsion to write this story down and then describes how, after he wrote his second copy of Book of the New Sun and flung it into space from the deck of the ship he took to undergo his trial, he almost died by tumbling into the void. After not dying, Severian gets lost on the ship and meets four crew members, and one of them pushes him off a catwalk in a massive cargo hold. Severian encounters a furry little beastie, and the crew members soon capture it, and after talking with one of them, a muscular and voluptuous woman named Gunny, Severian takes a second cabin room closer to hers before hearing some strange screaming from a nearby air shaft. Severian descends to the bottom and finds a zoo where all the stowaway beasties generated by the ship's mirror sails are held, including the one he met earlier, and he talks with two more of the crew members from before, a jolly dude named Pern and a despondent pale weirdo named Idas. Severian encounters the Hyraduels, who have not yet met him in Book of the New Sun, so they invite him to check out their weird cabin, where they accidentally mention the name Zadkiel, their officer in the Judge from Yesed who will perform Severian's trial, and then they send him back out into the hallway, where he hears yet another blood-curdling scream. Severian finds out his butler has been murdered and tries to use the thorn he found at the end of Citadel of the Autark, open parentheses, like the book, not the location, close parentheses, as if it were the Claw of the Conciliator, open parentheses, like the artifact, not the book, close parentheses, <laughs> to resurrect him, but it doesn't work and makes Severian himself pass out for some reason, leaving him open to a mysterious assassin attack that fails when Severian runs back to the zoo and the little beastie from the cargo hold bites his attacker, who fleas. The lights are out on the ship, so Severian returns to his second secret cabin where he is surprised to find Idas, who claims to want to know about Earth, but then makes a pass at him, which all turns out to be a screen for a murder attempt because, as Severian has deduced after stabbing her himself, Idas is actually a cross-dressing juvenile undine sent by Abaya to thwart the new sun, and after confirming that there are other would-be assassins on board, she dies. Severian decides he needs to seek an audience with the mysterious and unseen captain of the ship, but instead meets with another crew member from earlier who happens to be the one who pushed him in the cargo hold, an intelligent robot exoskeleton named Sidero, who informs Severian mutineers have let all the monsters out of the zoos, though Sidero himself is still loyal. Severian puts Sidero on, despite the latter's protests, and fights a giant winged creature, falling down an air shaft and having a vision or dream in which the voice of the old Autark urges him to seek another host as he discovers a corpse that looks like his own, before he wakes in the care of Gunny and a small, unbelievably hairy, naked man named Zack. Gunny describes the Kafka-esque nature of living on a ship that is constantly traveling in and out of time in weird ways, noting that the mutiny is always in progress and constitutes its own unique subculture before she and Severian quote-unquote fondle one another. Then Severian reveals he knows she was hired by Idis to help kill him, which really flummoxes her, but she doesn't do anything about it. Severian sets out with the Pokemon-like Zack before stumbling upon a group of fighting crew members and mutineers. Among them, he sees Pern, who apparently tries and fails to kill Severian before passing himself off as a member of the faithful crew, though Severian remains suspicious and eventually proves not only did Pern try to kill him, but that Zack is truly like a Pokemon in that he is an evolution of the furry stowaway beastie from before. 
Severian interrogates Zack, who cannot really talk and also runs off. And when Severian pursues him, time seems to stop and Severian's consciousness seems to grow to encompass the entire ship before he awakens bound and is brought into a room where he is frightened to see a hologram of himself. The mutineers holding Severian are attacked by a group of loyal crew led by Sidero, and in the aftermath, he meets again with Zack, who is now a large, mostly human guy with the power of speech. But then Sidero organizes the crew into a long, surreal military march before they are attacked by more mutineers. The mutineers blow a hole in the side of the ship, and Severian follows the fighting out onto the deck, where he sees a vast sprawl of suns as they leave the universe, our universe, called Bria, behind. The ship arrives at the universe of Yesid, and Severian lets us know how it looks and smells and tastes awesome before he goes back inside, assuming his trial is at hand, but when he finds the crew, they are instead ushering an extremely tall and sad-looking prisoner. The leaders of the procession announce that they believe the extremely tall and sad but hot and fiercely courageous prisoner to be the Autark of Earth, who hid himself for fear that he would fail his trial, which will soon commence. But before Severian can intervene, Pern and Gunny stop him, saying they don't believe Severian is the Autark, and with Gunny suggesting that even if he is, the hot guy is probably Severian's successor from the future, and thus, since Severian is doomed to fail, he should just give up. Everyone arrives at a beautiful island where the trial is to be held, and Severian talks with one of the leaders of the procession, a foxy milf named Afeta, who orders him to lead the prisoners to the examination chamber, though as he does so, he realizes that the windows lining the hallway they walk down somehow look out on various scenes of his own life on Earth, and then suddenly the prisoner, who Severian knows is another evolution of Zack, escapes. Severian passes more scenes from his life, but realizes they show these places not from his perspective, but the perspectives of other people he met there, all while he chases Zack to the examination room, where a crowd is already waiting, and he is helped to capture his quarry by Hanna, whom he and Thecla recognize as Thecla's handmaiden who was tortured before Thecla's own imprisonment, semicolon. Severian leads Zack to a throne of judgment at the center of the chamber, and then removes his manacles, putting them on and proclaiming himself to be the epitome of Earth, after which Thecla somehow enters the chamber, followed by every character from Book of the New Sun, many of whom Severian killed and some he did not, with even the Alzabo arriving at the moment of sunset, while a confused Severian insists to all that he tried to be just and was not violent without purpose. Severian is escorted from the chamber by Afeta, who explains she and the other inhabitants of Yesid are hierarchs, the larval form of hierogramates, the beings fashioned by a past iteration of humanity before escaping the universe and now shaping it from the outside, and then she gets him to kiss her before showing him she does not have a tongue. Afeta takes Severian to her bedroom, where he realizes that the thorn he has is indeed the claw of the conciliator and has been all along, as Afeta explains that certain events ripple backward through time and the various works of healing he accomplished before suggest his future success in bringing the new sun, which by the way will destroy Earth and then they have sex. The following morning, Severian heads to his trial and learns Zack has been Zadkiel all along, and is in fact the weird butterfly angel lady that gave him stigmata back in Claw of the Conciliator. And also, Severian is the new son, has already passed his trial, and Earth will be destroyed and remade at his command. After which, the sailors rally to destroy him, but are fought back by all the characters from Book of the New Sun, who show up and fight on Severian's side before dispersing like so many computer ghosts. Dash. All except for Gunny, the lone sailor who fought with him. 
Afeta explains that humanity and the hierogrammates are constantly working to ensure each other's existence and thus ensure their own existences like some sort of Mobius double reach around, and a torturer was chosen to be the epitome of humanity precisely because the renewal of Earth will require its present obliteration along with the deaths of most people on it. Boo. The group descends on into the planet where they find a massive foundry or workshop and then Gunny and Severian are ushered through a door that pops them out into space where they fall back to the deck of the ship they arrived on already in transit and Severian finds his war injuries miraculously healed. Severian realizes he is conscious of himself as bifurcated between his physical body and a distant but moving star. Then he meets the captain of the ship, who turns out to be Zadkiel in her feminine aspect, and he professes obedience to the giant butterfly woman before she grows a tiny version of herself out of her own knuckle and walks him through a painting back to his cabin. Severian sleeps and has a vivid impression that Thecla is with him, and after some thought upon waking, realizes he has problems with women. But then he celebrates his success in healing by doing parkour in the ship's hallways before falling down another air shaft. (laughs) (laughs) Severian wakes up and finds two gunnies taking care of him, the one he knows and a younger (laughs) version who recently joined the ship's crew and who still goes by her full name, Bergendophora, which helps Severian articulate his realization that when he saw Apu Punchow back in Claude the Conciliator, he was seeing an older version of himself, and because Gunny isn't satisfied with her time on the ship yet, she sends her younger self with Severian back to Earth, and also Severian realizes that Zadkiel is the ship itself or something. Severian sleeps with Bergendophora and reflects that his weirdness toward women was mainly a result of their attitudes toward him rather than his own will, and in his opinion, he did not rape Jolenta. (laughs) Severian and Bergendophora go to a village where Severian uses his new connection to the forces undergirding all of life to resculpt a girl's atrophied arm. Severian and Bergendophora then travel to the neighboring village, where Severian cures a sick man and explains he has worked a conciliation between Earth and the people of the sky, so the villagers question him about the cooling seasons, which affect their harvests and causes their monarch to punish them. At the next village, a traveling magus challenges Severian to a magic duel, asking him to resurrect a corpse, but Severian declines and instead charters a boat to Nessus. That night in an inn, Severian is attacked by the dead man, whom the Magus has brought back as an axe-wielding zombie, and which Severian returns to real full livelihood while Bergendophora flees. Severian meets up with Bergendophora, who hold up with the captain of the boat that they chartered, and on their way to the docks, the Magus appears to battle Severian once more, though the resurrected man, Zama, attacks and kills the magician before the onlookers kill him in retaliation. Severian is depressed as the ship sets out and Bergendophora continues to sleep with the ship captain, but Severian learns that news has been spreading of him far and wide and he is acquiring followers. A vicious storm comes and the crew begs Severian to stop it, which he thinks is nonsense until he realizes the rain does not fall on him and the storm is actually an expression of his anger over Bergendophora leaving him for the captain. So he withdraws it, and the boat arrives in the village of Saltus, which has just begun its mining operations, before a group of soldiers come demanding to see the man called the Conciliator, and Bergendophora immediately points them to Severian. Severian is beaten by the soldiers, but kills several before being subdued, and later heals himself and one of his surviving attackers before arriving by boat at the site of his imprisonment, the Citadel in Nessus. 
Severian is astonished to see the Citadel in much better condition than he remembers it, and upon trying to flee, kills one of his jailers and is fired upon by a guard, waking up later in a cell he recognizes and learning that an unexpected earthquake the night before has broken parts of the structure, rendering them more like they were in his youth. Severian is visited in prison by some of his followers, who ask him to tell the story of Earth and the coming of the new sun, which he does, drawing on elements of Dr. Talus's play and giving the scholar in the next cell the idea to write it all down in a single volume called The Book of the New Sun, which will in time become the basis of Dr. Talus's play. Severian has a conversation with an apprentice named Imar, for whom he prophesies great things, before more soldiers arrive and take Severian to see the monarch, traveling by air to a mountain that is in the process of being sculpted and ushering him into a familiar circular room. Typhon, who has already been grafted onto Pieton, asks Severian to perform magic for him, a command he refuses before being imprisoned on the mountain, where he saves a soldier punished by Typhon and provides him and other rebels with his thorn as a relic before telling them Typhon will soon die and better rulers will come. And then he steps into the corridors of time. Severian ends up in a strange pocket dimension that looks like a meadow and stream, where he meets a tiny winged being he recognizes as Zadkiel, who informs him she is an exiled splinter of the greater entity, and now waits here in the passageway between Yesud and Bria, and she helps Severian find and walk through a door. Severian steps into the gardens of the House Absolute and sees a monument set up in his honor before slipping into the second house, where he finds and resurrects the corpse of an assassin, glimpses a mysterious weeping woman he has a feeling he has glimpsed before, and becomes aware that the star with which he shares his being, the white fountain that will bring the new sun, is growing ever closer to Earth. Severian sneaks into the throne room, where an elderly Valeria holds audience with a prophet who turns out to be the young girl Severian healed in Sword of the Lictor, as well as Baldanders, who has grown even larger and now has been beaten and chained by the guards, a scene Severian recognizes as being from eschatology and Genesis, as both the prophet and Baldanders try to explain to a skeptical Valeria that the new sun is approaching and its consequences will be catastrophic. Severian reveals himself and confirms that both Baldanders and the Prophet are correct, that the new sun is come and will bring both destruction and creation, before the Undine enters and ha uh, enters the hall and insists Abaya only ever wanted to save humanity by taming them, but then the rising waters of Earth flood the chamber and the assassin, still confused from his resurrection, stabs both Valeria and Severian. Severian survives and finds his way to the surface where he is pulled onto a makeshift raft with a steward named Odolo, the son of the steward he met back in Claude the Conciliator, and two women, a friendly handmaid named Pega and a secretive lady named Tice. A boat appears and rescues them, and after chatting with everyone, Severian decides to spend the night contemplating God on a planet he realizes is no longer Earth, but as Dr. Talus's play foretold, the Earth of the New Sun, called Ushas. The elderly captain of the boat turns out to be Eta, one of Severian's fellow apprentices in his youth, who, it happens, ran away from the guild and became a sailor, and they spend a while talking about their histories. While the others sleep, Severian realizes fully the destruction he has wrought and jumps overboard hoping to drown, yet apparently he cannot die, or as he supposes, is already dead, and so sinks to the ruins of Nessus, where he walks the canal of Giol and eventually returns to the sunken necropolis where the door of the tomb of the mausoleum he played in as a boy has been closed by the waters. 
Severian floats in the water for several days, catching sight of the Undine and hoping to speak with her, and in the process finds an even older sunken city he does not recognize, before eventually scaling to a barren shore and in a sequence that may or may not be describing literal things that happen, gets on the back of a winged monster and dives back into the ocean, where he again finds Nessus and the Undine, who tells him that he is now neither dead nor alive, has in fact given up life and turned for something else, and points him once more toward the corridors of time. Severian finds himself in the far past of Earth, beneath the old sun while it was still young, and is somehow once again subject to the elements before he stumbles across a village of Atokthons, whom he tries to befriend, completing various chores and eventually rebuilding a collapsing roof in a way so novel it startles his hosts. Semicolon. When he attempts to tell him his story, they take him to mean he is the bringer of Dawn, and to test his claim, take him captive with the intent to kill him if Dawn comes anyway, an event that is forestalled by a miraculously timed eclipse, confirming he is Apu Punchau, the head of day. For many years, Severian lives with the Atokthons and guides them in life and warfare, but eventually decides he wants to return to his own time, frightening the villagers, who kill and entomb him. But he is resurrected once more by the Hieroduels, who meet him in his burial chamber to his and their own surprise, and they show him his own corpse as Apu Punchau, explaining he has already died and been resurrected once before on Zadkiel's ship, and has now traveled back so far in time that the new sun has not yet been created meaning he will have to wait with his own corpse for a while yet before his powers return and he can once again walk the corridors of time. The new sun grows close enough that Apu Panchao's body revives and Severian leaves himself, taking the corridors of time back to Ushas, where he finds a small village that worships him as a powerful and destructive ocean god known as the Sleeper, at the head of a pantheon also consisting of three instructor deities, Odolo, Pega, and Tice. The end. I'm going to where the gods are sleeping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember the thing I was going to say uh, uh, because of your wonderful, <laughs> wonderful summary. I mean, the first thing is I just want to say uh, I'm glad that you picked up on the Kafka stuff early on. Mm -hmm. I also have that note. And, and that might be part of why I'm like fine with a lot of that is like oh this is just the trial if or not the trial this is the castle if k mm -hmm. had a laser gun uh -huh. um, this is the castle if it were bad <laughs> well the I'm castle fucking rules. yeah i mean that's listen, what i'm saying the it's castle great is great so I, what are you gonna this do? is like reading reading this is like reading uh just the worst version of a thing that exists <laughs> yeah sure but that's everything yeah. i'll ever make in my life so like you know <laughs> yeah, extend same. some grace uh the thing i was gonna yeah. say was you were talking about when you had your shadow of the empire discussion before you said that, one thing that you said was that the prose was just different here. Mm -hmm. And the note that I was going to say then was, yeah, Thecla's not here. Uh, mm. One of the biggest absences, and you know, she does show up in your in your summary very briefly as a uh, a ghost <laughs> to defend uh, Severian during the big sailor battle on Yesid, um, and then again briefly appearing, seemingly physically. At his bed, uh, uh, though not saying any words, uh, she did not have the, the contract that let her speak in this book, um, uh, though except as Severian. Whatever, whatever you know, whatever those those books were building towards in terms of oh wow, look, Severian's interiority is split first between himself and Thecla, and then between himself, Thecla, and all who have ever been Altark. 
most of that disappears here. There are flashes of it. Sometimes they, there will be a reference to Thecla's youth, or maybe there's a line about Thecla, you know, loving her sister, missing playing with her sister early on. Uh, the the uh, there's a moment where where uh, Sadkiel's name is mentioned, and the previous Altark grows mad inside of Severia, and there's a little bit of that, but but it's not. It, it, it feels like the ten years that have passed have been amalgamatory. You know the the work is the work of combining into a being seems to have been largely done, and that particular flair that had come that has been a key part of our enjoyment in discussing these books has basically receded by the end of this. Uh, not even by the end of it, by like the beginning of it. Like it's just not a factor throughout. And I felt that that was another thing that that uh, in a broad way was was kind of missing here for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Wolf does a lot of work there at the beginning and like the first 50 pages to be like, I have subordinated all of these people yes. within me. Yes. And, but there are some places where Thecla comes out. You know, I, I'm thinking about uh, when they're talking about the trial or the judgment at one point, uh, the previous autark like remembers what it felt like to be quote unquote unmanned. unmanned. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. So like there are these like places where it bubbles but up. But it basically but, stops like, by the halfway point. By the time you I go mean, into it, to, to yeah. Jesus the conciliator, which is like again, this kind of like really too clean on its face retelling of a bunch of like very common, you know, Sunday school stories. You know what I mean? I mean, I say that, but then also there's the zombie bit, which rules. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's a lot of the like, that's who you say I am type shit happening during <laughs> during that chapter, those chapters. Right. Um, by the time you get to that, like it really slips out of and it's not in the writing in the same way. You know, it's well, and not- the thing I was going to say about that, too, right, is like that that it it both falls out, as you're saying, and even from the jump, the quality of it is quite different yes. because yeah. it is Thecla in the previous Autark. It's not the washer women or whatever. Right. right. You know, like right. all those other people who are in there. Uh, also, we do get weird confirmation that Yamar is not in there. Yeah. <laughs> like we get, I think, definitive of, uh, you know, uh, confirmation yeah. that. So it starts they're, after, they're, well after Yamar, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, Cameron, I want to yeah. know why you scoffed, or you booed. You didn't just scoff, you booed. Um, I don't like this mixing of, it of was, content that Michael Lutz is doing in, in his Oh, summer. I see what you booed at now. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought you were I booing. Like, I, he's, he's giving me flashbacks. <laughs> I, I thought I've you were had simply... to click, uh, click through 160 single <laughs> panel comics in the afternoon. This isn't that much different, frankly. I, you know, I mean, like the back half of this book is all about fulfilling stable time loops. Yeah, this is exactly like when Severian said, like I had like you had a mental image of war and then you went to war and it was different. That's exactly how reading That's Homestuck was. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. you have an image in your mind of what you think it is. You have no idea. <laughs> You're right. But you're you're also right that I mean this is what I thought you were booing. I thought you were booing the arrival of this is a stable time loop versus where we've been, which is the thing I left out of my my grand estimation of this and in, in, you know how I feel about it in in you know kind of final analysis, which is the thing I I dislike the most about this book mm-hmm. is that it says outright it says mu- in a, in a much more if you if you read this book I find that you are probably much more likely to believe. That this is a about a stable time loop about the yeah. creation of the the hero grammates. grammates yeah, you can see why I was a little bit more bullish on that, totally, that last episode. Right. And, and, right? and yeah. fuck that. 
It's way yeah, cooler. Yeah, I think it's wrong. I think that's worse. It's way like, worse. Objectively. It's way more interesting for it to be this this thing that's happening f- from generation to generation that each generation dooms this next generation of humans to produce them to reproduce themselves through suffering into something greater. That to me is so much more evocative than the stable time loop model where they have to recreate themselves, you know? Yep. Not as fun. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it's not just about the big process. It's about like right. literally yes. like yes. Lego, like rebuilding yes. the same thing. Which makes it weaker. Mm-hmm. This is the, yeah. this is the rain. It's curtain. less mythical feeling. Yeah. So it is more, uh, I mean, like to, to, you know, kind of grind it out. It is more biblical feeling mm-hmm. and less mythical feeling. Yeah. Right? I think totally. there, there's like a mode there. It feels, it feels canonical in like a classic literal sense. Right. Do you like, know the thing in the last book where he says that like, when you compare something to a natural thing, when you compare right. someone's, you know, voice to the, the soothing rain or their eyes to the stars, you're saying the latter is greater because if you weren't, you'd be insulting them, right? And mm-hmm. and in this case, they've taken what was a rain that that was rainstorms. He's taken those and turned it into a rainstorm, and that's mm-hmm. less evocative and less powerful than if it were a process. If it were allowed to be suns and stars, that that the process continues, and that for whatever reason, again and again, people reach this place. And that there is a natural, you know, metaphysical push towards this somehow. To me, that's so much grander a thing than the idea, and 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 uh, so much more a thing that holds in balance, right? Like, oh my God, Severian could drop the ball here, and this whole this whole thing could fall apart, right? Mm-hmm. This, this pattern that has repeated over and over again. Mm-hmm. And Little did you know, it's physically and metaphysically impossible to drop it's the impossible. ball, and it also it also doesn't matter. Because never have I cared less about the future of Earth than this book that opens with all sorts of weird spaceship shit. Like, never have I felt <laughs> that Earth is more meaningless. And I know that it, it, there's this larger theological thing that the, the new sun brings life. And I guess I'm not actually even sure that there are people on other planets. Uh, you kind of that kind of shoots through that in some ways, maybe too. But in the very beginning of this book where you're like, oh, there's all sorts of fucking weirdos on here. Who cares about Earth? Get it out. Throw it, burn it. Who cares? Wow. Anyway. Yeah. Get Master Ash over there. I'm, you know, this is who cares? Let Master Ash's future come. Yeah. There's <laughs> other planets. We're out there, apparently. You're telling me there's other worlds in these? I suspect. Hmm. I mean, there might not be human over there, though. That's that's see, like we're mm-hmm. going all the way back to the beginning, mm-hmm. right? When mm-hmm. when I was talking about like you gotta pay attention to where these books are. Yeah, putting their values on who gets to be human and not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because like that's the end of it, right? The end of it's like Earth matters because right, it is the seed of humanity. Yeah, and, and humanity, humanity is. is ordained by God, by uh-huh. you know the increate, in order to be the most important shit in the universe. Uh, lion people, cat people, they don't, no one gives a no fuck. They don't matter <laughs> to the universe. And right? oh, you like you like these cool fish ladies? Well, guess what? They're human too. You didn't know that? They were human the whole time. Guess what? The whole time, which is kind of cool, actually. But they're just big human women. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of like that, but they're kind of cool. I like that. What's the one that we end up meeting? Like her name? What we get her name? Jaterna. 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 Jaterna's kind of cool. The thing at the end, like, again. I love the end. Like, you you know, maybe she's a demon. Oh, you got demons? Yeah, everybody's got demons. Everybody's got demons. And also, maybe she was right. Who knows? You know? The idea that, like, flooding the earth is would be bad for them seems backwards. I think they, they're probably, they're probably loving it. <laughs> they did. Okay. Now they didn't get to control Nessus or whatever, but 
Yes, they do. They do get to control this. It's under under the water now. It's under there. It's theirs. Yeah. Boom. But no, because they could have always destroyed it. That was the whole thing, right? They could yeah. always have destroyed yes. it. That that wouldn't have been a problem anyway. Right. They just wanted they could to, always destroy the Commonwealth, but they want to control it. Yeah. Right. They wanted to domesticate. Right. 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 Uh, she's so like, let, she let me <laughs> let me say some positive stuff. Yeah. I love the first note I made in the whole book was on page sixty four. Wow. You got to sixty. Oh, you've read this book before. I've read so the book before. Like, what? Just like yeah, I'm just kind of like you know. Slamming through it. You the first, didn't but the write, first, when did this happen on the first page the way I did? No, okay. I did not. I did not write because I'm uh, just accepting. It's kind of like just like water hitting a duck. You know what I mean? I was just like, all right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm not having mm-hmm. to write the summary on this one. So I'm just reading for reading's sake. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? First note I made, 64, the revolutionaries in there. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Do you think Gene just forgot about that for the previous Several books, <laughs> probably. <laughs> you know, he wrote uh, those all in a, in a run, right? Someone in our Discord did did mention like, "Oh, wouldn't it be cool if the revolutionary was in there?" Well, guess what? Here Earth of the New Sun in Thecla, the revolutionary is in there. Yeah. And sometimes it chokes Severian out just yeah. every now and again. Um, for he the record, he's walking around rolling a one. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! You're choking yourself again. <laughs> yep. Um. The the thing that i was saying when did this happen to was who called him severian the great um yeah. uh which was that's just off screen but the actual first note that's the first thing that i actually have highlighted here is the end of the first paragraph where he says let me describe then to no one and nothing just who i am and what uh what it is that i've done to earth which kind of sets this book as apologia right that like oh i've done this thing let me explain let me ex- okay mm-hmm. did i kill everyone Everybody. on earth yes but <laughs> comma here's this book about why um and and i think that that's an interesting thing in in terms of what is the writing of this book doing different than book of the new sun or it, literally not the writing of this literal book but but severian's writing severian did not set out to write book of the new sun i find as apologia it's 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 like a life of a saint that is himself right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this is explicitly a defense of an explanation of how things came to be this way and what his part in it was. And like, Hey, extend me some grace, please. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, uh, I, I was wrong. The first actual note I took is, uh, when Severian is explaining what it means to be the autark. Mm-hmm. And he says, I ran only a small part of it. Although I was the legitimate head of the whole of it. <laughs> yes. <100%. laughs> and that was funny to me. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. I wrote, damn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wanted to ask you, Cameron, do you know, uh, this is bouncing off what Austin was talking about. Do you yeah. know uh, anything precisely about like the circumstances of writing this? Because I get the sense that maybe this was not a thing that Gene Wolfe felt was necessary. Otherwise, it would have come out with the others. And so well, it, it kind of did. You know what I mean? Like, it, it. I mean, it's only a two year gap. And knowing his writing process, one can imagine gap. he started it, writing it, it wait, immediately. It's a, isn't it a four, I know four years isn't that much longer than two years when it comes oh, to Oh, is this 87? 87. 87, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you start trying a couple of years. Did he I write anything know. else between the two? Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm sure he wrote a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he was quite prolific, really. Yeah. Uh, let's look. Let's look at the Gene Wolf bibliography. While I'm saying that, uh, the... Um, no. I mean, basically, uh, I've read some interviews where he talked about 
how this kind of bridges into the solar cycle broadly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I know what you know and what everyone else knows, which is like the kind of lore or whatever around it, which is that uh, the, it sold so well that the publishers wanted more. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so they wrote more. Free Live Free comes out in 84. Yeah. And then Soldier of the Mist, which which uh, JGB was just rep- recommending over on the bonus ode for Caves of Cud. Yeah. That's right. Uh, comes out, comes out uh, and then a bunch of short stories are in that sure, time period. Sure. sure. Well, I just wonder because like the, the beginning of this book is very explicitly Severian being like, I don't know why I'm writing this shit down. Yeah. I don't have an audience. Yeah, I feel like I've been I've caught some sort of disease that's making me write stuff, even though it makes no sense for me to be writing it. And so that's what he says. Let me write down here for like no one or whatever. Uh, right. there, I've always thought that that was really interesting. Because uh, one of Wolf's kind of deals uh, across the board is that his narrators are always deeply interior to the stories that they are telling. Like there's always a kind of I think I talked about this early on, right? There's when there is a Gene Wolf narrator, there is almost always a rhetorical situation uh, in which they are writing to a specific audience that determines kind of how the story is being told. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is a real like weird thing happening here with this one where there's no one to read it. And Severian is frustrated by that. It seems nonsensical. And I, I've never been able to tell, like, is Wolf pissed that he has to write this? It's so I, I swing between that and and giddy at getting to show you behind the scenes. Mm. You know, you talked about the like flying out of of Hoff. And mm-hmm. there's a there is a lot of that here. And, you know, um, sometimes it feels like the GDC talk. You know, sometimes it feels like the like, now let me show you how he tricked everybody into thinking Mm -hmm. this space was expansive. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, And then, and then sometimes it feels the other way, which is like, I think I've talked about this on a, on an old waypoint radio episode. I was playing that near remake near number, Mm -hmm. number, number, number from, you know, the, the, First near replicant, uh, replicant, replicant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed it, and I was having a great time, and it was it was hitting me in a very like uh, giving into astonishment way of like I just like being in this world, and then about ten hours in, I noticed that the sky box didn't move because um, that's a game from like before everybody invested in sky boxes that like animate, mm-hmm. um, and I felt like weight on my shoulders for the rest of that game. Um, instead of it being the like, oh, here's the joyful, I've stepped outside and oh, it's diminished in front of me. I, I felt the, the bars of the, the, the cage around me in a real way. And there are times that the book does that too, right? Where it's like, oh, there isn't outside. This is it. You know what I mean? There is no yeah. more space outside of here by, by revealing this. But, but, and that sometimes that arrives not in moments of zoom out, look down at everything, but in moments of like embedded in particular places that I wish I'd never been embedded in. Um, because mm-hmm. now well, it, there can, are can I speak to that actually can I, please can I read a quotation that that hits that for me for, because for me it, it, they're the transformation in narrative style that y'all have talked about right you know that you were you were talking about earlier or the both of you have talked about so far of like each book has its own thing right yeah. we get like a little bit of a horror novel in um uh, uh sword right? right we get the war novel transformation those are big transformations right and then then the picaresque stuff before that. And this one, to me, like, the, if there is a genre shift, it is – it's exactly like you said, right? Like, it is the Gene Wolfe kind of thing of, like, the screwball comedy inside of another genre. That's a thing that he, like, goes on to do a bunch of times after this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the but the thing that really gets me is like the Sherlock Holmesian thing that goes on, and it's all throughout the first half. It eventually goes away because it gives over to right. just like metaphysical creatures mm-hmm. doing exposition to us, and I find <laughs> that at least acceptable broadly. Um, but it's where Severian does like straight up Sherlock Holmes shit over and over again, where he's explaining things. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's when it, this is on 76 in my copy of the book. I've got the uh, Orb books copy. And uh, it's when he reveals to Gunny that he knows that oh Gunny God, was one of the people who was mm-hmm. there to, like, help murder him. Because she's got this big wound on her chest, this, like, burn. She, specifically, and says, she has a laser burn mm-hmm. between her breasts mm-hmm. in a yeah. way that requires her to unzip her, like, little jumpsuit to show it off. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen space stuff from the 80s, okay? I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it, Gene. Um, she says, how long have you known, Gunny whispered. She had not begun to not begun to sob again, but in the corner of one eye, I could see a tear, large and rounded as Gunny herself. All right, Gene, come on. Jesus. Uh, from the first, this is Severian talking. From the first, when you brought me that gruel, because it had been exposed, my arm had been burned by the digestive juices of the flying creature. It was the only part of me that hadn't been protected by Sidero's metal hide. And of course, I thought of that at once when I regained consciousness. You said you'd been seared by a flash of energy, but such things don't discriminate. Your face and forearms, which had been exposed, were unburned. Your burns were in places that would surely have been protected by a shirt and trousers. I waited for her to speak, but she did not. In the dark, I called out for help, but no one answered. Answered. Then I fired my pistol with the beam set low to give me light. I held it at eye level when I fired, but I couldn't see the sights and the beam was angled down a bit. It must have hit you at the waist. When I slept, you went looking for Idas, I suppose, so you could sell her to me for another Chrysos. You didn't find her, of course. She's dead and her body's locked in my cabin. It's just this like, and of course the letter was mm-hmm. on the desk the whole time. Mm-hmm. And that's how I knew that you were the murderer. Um, Severian does this five times in the first hundred pages. You said uh, so you could sell her to me for another Chrysos, and I don't want the listener who is sell not me read to the her. Books, sorry, yes, sorry. To think that Severian was out here buying fish women—that was not happening. You know, we don't want to misrepresent. We, we don't want to mis- Yeah, exactly. He's That's trying right. to be a good guy. <laughs> well, he's he's getting justice, but it's that impulse yes. here. Like it is. It's the collapse of genres, and I just don't like that. You know, I don't. I don't like my. You know, my macaroni getting in my mashed potatoes on this one. You know, I just don't. I wouldn't give have me those the, two give it to me clean. Meal, even those that's those don't match to me. Those are different meals. Okay, that's fine. Sorry. It's very, it's but, very but in the metaphor, you'll actually you love it. You're like, put mm-hmm. those mashed potatoes in the macaroni. No, those are different. I wouldn't have that meal. This is the thing. For me, they're not macaroni and and mashed this potatoes. Is, uh, so let's see. Is mashed potatoes for you like is that is it like car col- is that like is mashed potatoes in the macaroni for you? Is that like six string samurai? N- no. Wait, okay. Wait, sorry, are you asking me the one that fits bad? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think yeah, of what I are mean, the genres that Austin doesn't like when they get mixed together. That's probably right. That's probably right. Um, that um feel, Like in my gut, I think Six String Samurai is the antithetical Austin Walker. I think that's, it's that, <laughs> it's, uh, or, or for me, it tends actually just to be a genre with um, high fantasy, right? Or high, mm-hmm. high, high opera, high, you know what I mean? It's, it An is, elf. It is no, it's not this. It's not the elf. You can have an elf if their face is muddy. An, an elf that is uh, that beautiful Galadriel. No, Galadriel's cool because she's scary. Arwen. Yeah, Arwen, and then like doubly so if Arwen has like a super robot, 
and then like does like a like a Power Rangers move. Like that's it's actually that part that I don't like. The thing that I when don't Arwen like has a Zord. If Arwen had a Zord, now if Arwen had a Mech, I'm fine. But if once oh. Arwen gets to a Zord, once we get once to it's, it's, if it's too clean, if it's just across or the board, if Zoro shows up. Or if uh, the princess bride happens, or if like it's <laughs> that it's that top of the layer cake of affect. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, it's the choreography. If, mus- if musical theater threatens if musical to break theater out, you're not on board. I'm off, and I and I like some musicals, right? <laughs> right. Sure. But I'm not. But I like them b- best. Now there is one exception, which is of course Jesus Christ Superstar, uh, because that's already <laughs> in that mode. The Bible right, was sure. always already Jesus Christ Superstar to me, the young Catholic. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think that musicals, as musicals, I think generally there are musicals I really like, right? And I tend to actually like them more when they're just like, oh, it's a musical about like a, a guy who works on a sh- on a ship. I dislike it when it's a musical about like some genre stuff happening, and that's because I resist the genre. So you don't like Wicked? With, I don't. No, correct. Correct. What's her name in Wicked, you know? You know no Michael? idea. Uh, who, her name? Is it, Burg- is it Burgunda Fuller or whatever her name is? It's something <laughs> oh, like that, Oh, you mean right? El Fava or whatever. Oh, yeah, there you go. Sorry. It would be very funny if it was. Yeah. <laughs> Burgunda Fora. Uh, yeah, that's my version of that. And it, so, so it's mm. actually a specific food I don't like mixing or a specific yeah. like subgenre of food. It's like saying I don't like starches mixing with anything. You know, I like them by themselves. You know, uh, when I was in high school, there was a legendary fight amongst the debate coach and a former debater, like like a screaming match that occurred that like like everyone was embarrassed by for years later. Yeah. When they were planning the holiday party and someone wanted to bring two types of potato dish and the debate coach was like, that's too many starches. It it is. And he eventually like lost his temper about it. I know. I'm I'll, ne- I'll never forget it. Well, not, when he when he ascends to Yesed and <laughs> everyone from the debate team marches in, he can say, "I I tried to be good and I was not violent without purpose." <sighs> mm-hmm. Well, don't worry. All right, they'll so defend. They'll defend. They'll defend him in the end. Because... I got my complaint out about all this like yeah. explanatory shit that happens. Do you all y'all tell me what? Because there's just so much book here, right? So like. Let's hear the highlights for y'all. What's the best thing that happens on the spaceship? It's either climbing into Sidero or confronting <laughs> Edis in the room in the dark and that mm-hmm. whole exchange. Mm-hmm. Less so the like, aha, you're a woman and more of the like the shades of the Alzabo encounter. The like the hey, uh, on the planet you're from, Austin. Yeah. What's up? Do. uh the guys hold hands. Yeah, dude. All the time. <laughs> that cool, shit. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That shit rips. I, you know. It does. It does yeah. fucking rip. <laughs> so um, that stuff's good. Uh, also, there's there was some just like Gene still got it stuff happening. Um, uh, the like, is that is this what I actually wrote? The Gene still got it. Uh, yeah, it was. It was this exact bit was. Um, this is the the guy still hold hands on your planet, uh, and he's he's describing. They're going back and forth, and like Severian's drawing his knife quietly, and and there's the like, what's your planet look like, Severian? Tell me about your homeworld. And he's like, very beautiful, but terrible too, and describes it all. And like, 
I, it's just good. The whole that whole thing with then Edith mm-hmm. pulling it's out scary. the knife. It's great. It's good. And just them sitting in the dark. Him coming in and Edith being there and him being like, uh, how'd you get in my room? And Edith being like, oh, I just asked the computer. I told the computer that I was your friend and I was going to wait for you. Is great. Very creepy. Mm-hmm. I like some of the ship itself conceptually. Right. Very, very I knew knew Michael Lutz would love this like giant boat ass spaceship. Well, it's what I like about it. So one of the things that is so fascinating to me about Book of the New Sun is the way that um, it is constantly like splitting into mirrors and foils Mm -hmm. and parallels. Right. Like it starts out fairly simple. And then like uh, it's a it's a series or a book, if we want to call it like one whole book where um, uh, like the character of Severian is constantly being redoubled in all these really odd ways. And like Mm -hmm. things that don't even seem like they should be parallels to Severian end up being parallels to Severian, right? With like Agia and Agilus. uh, And then the way that uh, Thecla ends up being incorporated into him, like it retroactively like uh, activates these characters as kind of a, a parallel to him, even though they weren't necessarily at the beginning. Um, And so like that whole thing is, is really fascinating to me. Uh, And then one of the things that happens in this book is that it is uh, like photocopying a photocopy in some ways where like we're still getting these weird parallels and redoublings, but they're working in kind of an opposite direction. So the you you picked up on this, Austin, right? There's a lot of stuff that happens on the ship that is like a an echo of stuff that happens throughout the course of Book of the New Sun. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so like uh, just the fact that, for instance, Sidero, right, this kind of robotic crew member who is who is always loyal, uh, gets injured and then Severian like takes him over right like there's the the big thematic read there you could do is that like this is about severian uh attempting to do justice right that that because uh sidero is like the the one kind of consistently loyal crew member or whatever there's also a weird thing going on there where it's like echoing um jonas as well right uh whereas down to the point where it's like oh is this this is what Jonas was the one of these robot suits who crashed while having a person inside of him and then joined permanently together in a way that's like upsetting for Jonas. Yeah, right. Or like, something. Like, right. And then like whereas uh, Jonas like took flesh or whatever in, in right. his kind of like story here at Severian taking on the, the metal, the armor, whatever. Um, and so the ship itself becomes this really fast like I I I, am, I appreciate the sci-fi Kafka angle of it right like the ship itself becomes a kind of photocopy of earth where it's like it is this giant thing that is just winging through space there's all sorts of people on it uh it's so huge that all these people can never really meet one another uh some of them are good but a lot of them are bad and the ones that are bad are always bad uh and don't worry because there's like a captain somewhere who's in charge that is making sure that even the people who are trying to rebel against the course of the ship are actually serving the interests of the ship like i obviously uh don't really agree with kind of the the religious metaphysics that are going on there but i think in terms of like oh how do i make like a sci-fi kafka religious parable i think that's pretty compelling yeah that makes sense to me uh well um i mean how about you? Yeah, well, so we need to talk about the Jibers real quick. Yeah. Yeah, the Jibers yeah. are the mut- mutineers. Yep. 
loved it. Uh, I think my favorite bit about them is the realization or that you know, they explain that like the what happens is sometimes you get on this ship, which, by the way, might be the only ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I truly hate that, by the way. I, it's it not makes right, me like right. mad in my heart. It's the only it might be the only ship of its type. But we know that, for instance, the the um Hero Duels, Asapego and and Fumilitis and the third mm-hmm. one, Brutus, <laughs> Bru, Brutalia, what's the Greg. third? Greg. Greg. Yeah. Have their own spaceship that's like it tra- travels the corridors of time in this way. It's like I guess well, it's, just a, flyer, it's just a flyer though. It's just it's not a spaceship, it's a flyer. I don't think it's the only spaceship. Maybe it's the only Look, I, I, I don't either in my heart, but the, the book actively tries to tell you that over and over again. Yeah, it does. Anyway, uh, I like the bit of some people get on here and they just kind of stumble into fortune, you know, because they like landed one place where there's like something happens that makes that gives them a bunch of wealth and they get they manage to luck out and get back home and like come back as a king. Or at least that's what people say. People tell this mm-hmm. story a lot. And so that means a lot of people who are not sailors go like, yeah, I could be a sailor. I could I could win the lottery uh, <laughs> and get on board and like, yo, this sucks. And then become a mutineer. They become a jiber. I think that's a that's a good origin story to, to becoming a jiber. Uh, I also think that maybe that's what we should all do. We should all become mutineers of this thing that's convinced us all that we could win the lottery one day. Yeah, I'm on social media. I'm already doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Jibing all around. <laughs> I, I'm posting uh, ideas that everyone hates, and I'm taking it to the bank. I'm I'm hanging out in people's uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, in their uh, lunch room, people are just hoping I go away. Mm-hmm. I do like that. I like that the jibers like move around and they like recruit people from like the different. I don't universes who yeah. knows right yeah. like the different types of of beans that could be on the thing and there's like different then, jiber like, gangs this is the part that again yeah. is like oh this is the library of Babel actually yeah is yeah. that it's so big inside that there are like different sects moving around inside of this massive vessel that don't even know about each other and don't really know how things work necessarily you know and yes there are some key actual places like where all the the ports uh, uh which are the Creatures mm-hmm. that get, like you said, Michael, gen- summoned into existence by the mirror sails, right? By mistake, basically, or as like a, mm-hmm. as a, as a kind of a, a side effect of them. Um, uh, so there are like particular things, like there's the place that they all get kept, but like it has this sort of schematic that reminds me of the Library of Babel a lot. You know, I mean, all these air shafts that Severian is constantly yes, falling. This is exactly yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Including the one he dies in, by the way. Uh huh. Did we say that? Did you hit? Yeah, that yeah, note? yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. it is revealed by the Hierojules at the end that specifically during right. the one. So it's this is notable, right? So when he first meets Sidero, Sidero pushes him off the catwalk. So yes, uh, this embodiment of loyalty, like push, like does not have time for, for Severian, pushes him off. Later again, uh, he meets Sidero. Sidero has been injured. That's when he forces like himself into Sidero. So he takes on the mantle of justice. He tries to fight this winged monster, falls down another air shaft. And in the process of attempting to, you know, do the right thing, he is killed, but also yeah. resurrected. Oh, yeah. yeah. As as an idolon, as a as a spirit that has a material form, Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah, it was a summon from Final Fantasy IX. We all know. Mm-hmm. Basically. And then just kind of sticks around. Yep. Did, y'all ever, uh, did y'all ever read uh, Mike Carey and Peter Gross's comic, The Unwritten? No. No. Concept is uh, guy uh, 
like way back in the eighties, a dude writes what is essentially Harry Potter mm-hmm. about his like young child. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lo and behold, that's not what happens. He writes a he writes Harry Potter and it summons up this kid from another universe uh-huh. and he raises him in his own thing. Right. So there's this kind of he grows up as a celebrity. He's like the kid that the book is based around when in reality he's the kid from the book. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Uh it uh but it, and it plays with that a lot. And also it plays with the idea that like fiction fiction produces reality around it very common you know we can go back to lots of things borges for example all that uh, but there's some really cool stuff in there where like the british empire uh like uh basically subordinates kipling to become like the writerly arm of the empire in order to like write it into supremacy there's mm-hmm. some cool stuff mm-hmm. in, that. Hmm. in the thing there but there is a uh uh there's a stairwell between all worlds that's um, the, the Library of Babel, mm-hmm. and uh, like all these creatures are running around in there. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. It is it is the better version of the spaceship. Sure, <laughs> Library of Babel thing, by the mm-hmm. way. So, in case anyone ever wants to read like eleven volumes of a comic book series, seventy something issues, it's worth it. I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about Yasad? Sure. They they that's blew the through a book, yeah, a teleporting hole or something. I guess, but it's a very physical description of them getting dropped to this planet, you know? This other Yeah, universe. but they like zoot they that there is a weird thing that happens where they like zoot from space into like somewhere with an atmosphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yasad is a place. Like it isn't uh like they <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Yasad is a place. Is a place. They're having a space bat. They're having a battle up on the top of the ship. Yeah. Um uh and things aren't going great. For our boy Severian, there's some there's some rough stuff, you know. A stab is a guy, a bunch feels bad about stabbing a guy, oh, etc. No. Yeah, I know. Oh no, Severian, you hurt someone. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then at the end of that, it's like you know, it all gets interrupted effectively by the them coming into sight of. Oh no, we slipped into a, a higher plane of existence. Oh, can can I say one? So the ship is kind of this like big. I don't know, like space tower covered in sails, right? Solar mm-hmm. sails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do like the idea that someone floats. It doesn't really ever matter ultimately, but someone floats the idea that um, because sometimes they're in parallel with one another, they operate like father in Iris mirrors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. And they'll just, yeah. su- they'll just summon some shit yeah. for no reason. I think that's, that's great. Cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so then they like dude on into Yasad through this like portal thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't la- uh, Severian later say like I think we went through a black hole? He does say that. I don't right? know. I I I'm can't remember sure. exactly because he's like looking off the side and he's like seeing like right. a like a black holey looking. Yeah, thing. and he's so like, oh, well, now did. it's clear to me that, that we must have gone through this thing before. Yeah, right? right. Yeah. I don't know. I I yeah. I don't know. I here's the thing: is this book retroactively makes me understand why. So many people have, as you've explained it to me, engaged with the book as a puzzle box looking for particular answers, uh, which is that like there's so much material here to start to build your little matchstick model of the world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and like, you know, that's combined with Gene Wolfe writing some things in in his his first most famous work, right? In terms of like the thing that breaks him out, it's the fifth head of Cerberus. It is a puzzle box explicitly. It's written that way. Yeah. 
Um, and then the fact that he then goes on and writes a bunch more of these using the puzzle box works, right, of, mm-hmm. of the fandom in order to inform that, right? So, like, it sets you up to do it. Like, I, you know, it's not... But yes, uh, you can see here where, like, if you read this as a part of the the whole run, right? If you mm-hmm. read it as five books, this is telling you, hey, you need to go back and solve all that shit, yeah. buddy. You have the, you have, Mr. Policeman, I gave you all the clues. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there's like, so for instance, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know if this is a fact, but I suspect that there was like speculation within the fandom before this book where it's like, hey, do you think that Heathor and uh, the robot that would be Jonas came from the same ship? Right. 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 Uh, just because, hey, there's there's two guys in this story who fell we from the sky in some way. Right. Right. Yeah. I, we had that conversation without me being poisoned and easily could have gotten there just from these books. Right. I think I think I put that theory forward while just reading those first four books at some point, you know. Right. And so here we get uh, not confirmation of that, but we get like pieces where you could put that together. We already mentioned that Sidero uh, seems very plausible as kind of a a Jonas uh, predecessor. Uh, And then when uh, he's when Severian is captured by the Jibers, there is a guy who talks to him that is specifically described as a small man with dirty gray hair like Heathor. Mm -hmm. And that's all we get. But we get that one little mention of Heathor. Yeah. Who may have been on this ship? Yeah, if you Which want, might to be put... the only ship. And if it's the uh-huh. only ship, then guess what? They're right. definitely both on the same thing. But right. there was a ship, now you're putting it together. There was a ship crash that Jonas mm-hmm. came out of wasn't there? Yeah. Well, that's that seems ship? to be based on what he's talking about. Yeah. Anyway, I don't like. Here's the other reason I don't like that. My favorite, my favorite version of this book of these of this series is humans have gone off and colonized the stars. And there's mirror teleporters out there. And I don't want them to have all done it on this one ship. I want them to have done it on other different spaceships. Yeah, me too. That's Mm -hmm. cool. The idea that it's one ship just sucks. There can't be one ship. The Madigan Tower is a ship. It's not a ship. What's that mean? It's a transport. Say more. They explicitly, they call it a Zoe something. It's just a, it's a launcher to get off the thing. Right. Oh, right. And then it hooks into the ship. The the, the book does the book does so much work thing, here to to confirm. Right, sorry, the thing that you're saying is this ship is the thing that can go faster than light. Yes, yes. everything else. So there, but there are ships between the everything the, else is a boat. There are right? boats between the solar system planets, though. Verthundi Loon has been colonized and terraformed. Yeah, but they dock at Loon. Right, but that's what I mean. They go between. So like, there's at least spacious between the planets of. The, our solar system. Yeah, those are boats. That's fine. That's at this least is a the least shit. I get it. I know. I get it. It's the one that can catch the sun sails and it can go. Yeah, faster. it sucks. So like, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not here yeah. defending. I'm just. I'm. I think that it's almost watertight in a way that I find right. very frustrating. Uh, and again, I think that the what was, um, you know, if if the if the moments in the first book that open up the the mind's curiosity is like seeing the 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 moon landing and then realizing that uh, before that, maybe realizing that the, the Madigan tower and the towers in general are spaceships and then learning about father Neri's mirrors and thinking about humans on other worlds. You're there's so much open about what does that mean? What did the era of humans colonizing the stars look like? Um, and this reduces all that down mm-hmm. uh, uh, in a way that's kind of a bummer. Well, it's like yeah. uh, that, that, 
thing that we talked about but didn't read where uh, basically Heathor's monologue, right? Uh, where he goes on and on about uh, the like Genicons? Our, no, no, not the Genicons. Like not the the, um, our, our demon haunted mirror sales. Oh, right. 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 Like, yeah. That is so much cooler to me if, like, at some point in humanity's history, we just had multiple mirror sail ships, you know, zipping around the cosmos. uh, And maybe there were multiple guys being driven nuts in the precise way that this seems to have driven Heathor nuts. Right. That's way cooler. Right. Like, what if, uh, uh, you know, there were multiple Heathors? And then, like, in fact, you know, I think the answer that this book would say is like there there are multiple Heathors. Right. They're just also yeah, all the they same. They mean that they're multiple Heathors. And this is the same thing that we're saying about the difference between the the hero grandmates wanting to remake themselves versus wanting to remake something like themselves in the next divine generation. Right. Which is yeah. I want there to be he I want Heathor to be a type of guy. Not mm-hmm. to for for Heathor to mm-hmm. be not for there to be many specific Heathors that are the no. same guy. I want I want there to I want like yeah. Sometimes a guy hangs out in the space with the space sails for too long and like gets like this. That's fun. That's no. space madness. No. Well, and this is the thing. There's one guy. There's the eradication of the genre here. There's only the t- there's only the specific, right? The generic mm-hmm. is dissolved. Right. And only the specific exists. And the specific can be repeated and, and adjusted. But there is no space for the space empire. There is only this one thing repeated again and again and again. And that, I think, is boring. <laughs> yeah. And I know I'm getting, I'm making at least some people mad when I say that. Because uh, it's not, because, it, you know, I, this is the thing that I'll always say about, about fiction and about uh, art and entertainment and anything else, which is that, like, I probably wouldn't be saying this stuff if I fundamentally had a better time with the work. Um, and like to some degree, this is why I didn't have such a good time with the work. But if I had left the book really high on some other stuff, a lot of these nitpicks fall into the background. And I and I instead, you know, kind of clamber up to the to the highest point so that I can shout about what's good about it, which is what I did for the other four books, including the fourth one, which I think I'm higher on than maybe either of you. Um, uh, I especially now having read this, <laughs> you didn't know how good I we think, got it you, totally because I think Citadel of the Altarch is like has all these these side these sidebars that add to what I love about the world building of the world, right? Like the four stories or five stories at the beginning or six stories at the beginning of the book, whatever however many there are, mm-hmm. um, uh, that feel like like filler time in some ways are actually doing the thing that I like, which are introducing the nooks and corners of this really complex, interesting world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to have a lot of that that feeling gets reduced down here, largely because we're returning, I mean, in this moment, in Yesid, we're, we're going to a new place, right? But that new place is above everything else. And the rest of the book is returning to old places in different times. And that is not as compelling to me as I would have taken another book of of just talking to people. If this book had been talking to four sailors for the first 15 chapters about their different worlds and they each tell a story from their world, mwah, perfect, you know, ship it. Anyway. This is what you say at work. <laughs> yeah, I go, mwah, perfect, ship <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, I, I mean, I, I will say that, like, the thing that I don't like about Citadel are those, you know, like, stories at the beginning i think that they like really drag the thing down wrong Um, but i think we're in agreement fine yeah yeah, yeah. i think we're in agreement like i like where because here there's some really fun stuff around like the mystery of what's going on and it's when everything starts locking into place toward the end 
that that is such a bummer. I think it's before the end. I think it's the whole second half of the book. So, so all, yeah, talk about Yassad. Let's talk about Yassad because yeah. it's rad, right? Like he shows up and Severian's like, hey, guess what? I got to get judged. What does that mean? Okay, what? And look, we're skipping a bunch of stuff around Zach and Zadkiel and all this stuff. Sort of. Michael Y'all can talk about job. it if you want to. No, I, Michael I did a great this, job summarizing that stuff. We don't we have too much I know, to talk but about. We're not getting deep into it, yeah. and I'm sure lots of people like to, but I just find it so like extremely mind-numbing to walk through it. Um, like, about him like going from tribble to God or tribble to angel and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also sucks I, because it, like, it's a recapitulation of um, a kind of view of um, cr- like of the world, right? It's yes, like an ontological yes, view. Yes. Uh, that has some bad outputs, right? It's like, it, it's an evolutionary view that is mm-hmm. also eventually by this book mapped onto civilization that like- I'm hum- Doubly right. so by the end of this book, right? Right, right. So it's like, uh, uh, Zach, like when Zach shows up, I mean, first of all, he he's like straight up a tribble. And this is another moment where I'm like, is Gene like trying to piss people off to be like, oh, you wanted another, you wanted more book of the new sun? Well, here you go. I've given you a snarf because he does. He's like running around. He's like, Zach, Zach, Zach. Um, and, uh, but uh, also he ends up, you know, evolving into uh, this beautiful butterfly prince who then becomes a beautiful butterfly queen, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but this the, is, the hey, hey, did y'all here. remember where you saw the beautiful butterfly before? Yeah, in what? the book. In yeah, the, Father and Year's book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. just making sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. it's like open. It like it gives him. Michael said this. It gives it gives her in the yeah. stigmata, right? Yeah, yeah. Opens that book. It's like, oh my god, there's just a big butterfly queen in there. <laughs> Weird. Uh, but there's uh, this bit. The bit that you're talking about is is uh, in chapter ten, the interlude, where he says, um, uh, "She, who I think is this Gunny here, uh, uh, glanced significantly." And Zach and whispered, he's one about the the autoc- no about the he's describing him as being like the autochthons, I think, mm-hmm. or or something like that, uh, and uh, or or something like that. And he's like, um, uh, in ancient times, Gunny, the people of Earth journeyed among the suns. Many came home at last, but many others stayed on that world or this. The uh, heterochthonous world uh, worlds must by this time have been reshaped. Uh, must have reshaped humanity to conform to their own spheres on Earth. The Mistes know that each continent has its own pattern for mankind, so that if people from one shift their abode to another, they will in short time, 50 generations or so, come to resemble the original inhabitants. The patterns mm-hmm. of other worlds must yet be more distinct, and the human race would remain human still, I think. Uh, there's like some real like gun germs and steel type shit happening here of like uh-huh. the the world you are in directly makes you in a, a very limited way uh and i think that that is that doubled with the stuff at the end around apu punch uh and zach's whole thing you know you can also read this other ways i'm you know there i'm sure a lot of people again are screaming like no zach is supposed to be severian and severian's going from like a little gremlin into like a golden king and uh, well he is right that's the thing is like severian is the epitome of humanity and he is showing the evolution of humanity from like the abject animal into like through the through the quote-unquote savagery in the middle right like the animal human hybrid into full human and beyond that into the divine but whatever 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 um you know uh generosity i have for that sort of thing goes out the window when like the cause of that ends up being that Severian time travels back in time to teach people how to make archways. 
Uh-huh. Right? Like when it's like the dude from the future civilization goes back in time, it really erases any sort of interest I have in that story, which is what happens here eventually. So. Yeah. Yes. So this is why well, we're not talking that much about Zach on the ship. It's like, I don't know that any of us have anything particularly interesting to say about it. Swearing goes to be judged. Mm-hmm. And he's hanging out there, and lo and behold, everyone he's ever met shows up right. to stare at him. The Game Master Anthony vibes of this. <laughs> oh my God, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right? uh-huh. It's like, everyone I ever knew in life comes in and we have a huge trial. <laughs> I lost my shit when the Alzabo shows up. Oh, me too. Yeah. Cackling uh, in the cafe. With Severa riding him. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Or riding it, I yeah, guess. Yeah. 100%. Very cool. um, also, there's a little bit of the the boy called Frog story here, right? Of mm-hmm. like even the Alzabo, sh- and then the Alzab, the killer shows up to defend him. You know, um, is fun. It's goofy. I love it when but, Alzabo shows up you know, to defend me. Same. Yeah. Um, what's the trial? Which part <sighs> of this is the trial? Because the arc <sighs> is yeah. he shows up. Zach yeah. is in chains. He realizes it's Zach. He says, no, put me in chains. And he, he just puts himself in the chains instead. He's supposed to put Zach in the, you know, chain him to the thing. Chains himself instead. And, uh, and that's not the exam. That's the examination. That's not the trial. Then mm-hmm. that night, you know, he eventually, you know, all the, the people come through the Avengers portals. Um, <laughs> dun, 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 again. And then uh, they go off to. to I think that's the Fox Sports music. No, no, no that's different. <laughs> dun, that's. Dun, dun, dun. No, that's the Avengers music. Dun, 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 dun. That's the Fox Sports that's, music. That's the Fox Sports. Yeah, yeah I got this. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but then, you know, after that sequence ends, he goes with Afeta and sleeps with her and conceives mm-hmm. the new son. Mm-hmm. Is that the trial? That seems to be the case. The next day, they're all like, oh, you did it already. Mm-hmm. I think the I think his whole life is the trial. I mean, yeah. I know, but like, yeah. then what's Zadkiel even judging? Zadkiel's not a judge. That's what I'm saying. Like, did you get here? That's the trial. Yeah. Did you do all the stuff you're supposed to do? That's the trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucks shit. But then, but, the, like, but then I think again, the final, but in the final instance, the thing that has to happen is he has to sleep with the space angel milf. Yeah, and he has to impregnate yeah. her with a new son. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, because that's the white fountain. Yeah, for real. Yep. For real. For real, for real. For real. For the, real. And the white fountain is going to zip across the universe and plunge into a black hole, and that'll mm. reset Earth. Yeah. I do find that cool, by the way. Not the plunging part, but the idea that, like, <laughs> like, that, that we, to, like, uh, that, like, we, like, I like the physics of, like, we made the new sun, but it's really far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stuff, <laughs> the stuff around, like, oh, you can only, the, the power you have from this point forward is because the sun of the new sun, the light of the new sun gets to you from mm-hmm. far away as it approaches. And, like, the closer yeah. it gets, the more power you have, which is yeah. why you had power in your lifetime. And again, this is how you end up becoming the schematizer. You go, oh, okay, I can start tracking how close was the new sun when X thing happened is a thing you can literally start doing with yeah. this book at that point. You start doing some like frequency waves. Right. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I just want to be clear. This is, we haven't read much from this book at this point, but there's a sequence where he's talking to Ifeta and and she's he, he keeps going between like, I don't want to ask you any questions to be like, I have a thousand questions to ask you. <laughs> Um, and here, uh, she says, you must listen to my voice. She told me and not to my words sidebar. The thing about like the people here speaking with the sound by silencing the sounds around them is sick as shit. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the way that they talk is that they 
they make quiet like the sound of the waves or the sound of the rain and the absences are where the words are. Those are the words is great. I did as she instructed me and heard the silken sliding of her sheet, the whisper of her bodies, and the breaking of the little waves and the beating of, of my own heart. A hundred questions I'd been ready to ask and it seemed to me that each of the hundred might bring the new sun. Her lips brushed mine and every question vanished, banished from my consciousness as if it had never been. Her hands, her lips, her eyes, the breasts, the breasts I pressed, all wondrous. But there was more, perhaps the perfume of her hair. I felt that I breathed an endless night. Lying upon my back, I entered Yassad. Or, or say rather, Yassad closed about me. It was only then that I knew I had never been there. Stars in their billions spurted from me, fountains of suns, so that for an instant I felt I knew how universes are born, all folly. Reality displaced it, the kindling of the torch that whips shadows to their corners, and with them all the winged phase of fancy. There was something born between Yassad and Bria when I met with Afeta upon the divan in that circling room, something tiny yet immense that burned like a coal conveyed to the tongue by tongs. That something was myself. The new sun, mm. right? Uh, also, uh, Bria, which we have not mentioned, is the name for our universe. Our universe mm -hmm. is Bria. Yassad sits above it. So I said Bria a moment ago. Um, uh, and also the idea of like, I had missed the burned like a coal conveyed to the tongue to this person who doesn't have a tongue uh, is, is something there. But that's it. That's the moment the new sun is born. This is what we've all been waiting for. You know, mm -hmm. play the Fox sports music again. It all comes down to this. With Heterosexual reproduction. Literally. Ooh. After all of this, it comes down to Ken Severian, like, bag one more baddie. <laughs> yeah. This is Severian's in-season tournament. It literally is. And then he there's like the high day. stakes, even though it seems like there's not. It just seems right. like one more game. Right. Correct. He's that, going for the point differential. <laughs> he's trying to get into the, yeah, to the to the uh, knockout stage. He has to get That's past right. the group stage. Yeah. And the knockout stage is the next day. All the sailors get told about this and get told <laughs> when they when you get home, which, again, I don't necessarily understand this either. Because at this point, the sun is created. Mm -hmm. And now it's, yeah. being, it's being brought back to Earth. Yeah, but it seems as if if Severian gets killed here, it, that won't succeed because he is the new son. But then he gets there, and the new son isn't there yet. Well, I think I think part of it there's some uh, like it's whipping toward him. I see. So he has to be the anchor. He has to be the the other half of the magnet. There. That's mm -hmm. kind of what I assume. I don't that think it's sense. ever explained. Is that explained, Michael? Do you I don't have think a better it's explained, idea? but I also have a similar sense that uh, Severian is like the attractor for the new sun. Because like they, they're yeah. very clear yeah. that he has to go back to Earth like right. for whatever right. reason. They're like, you have to go back, uh, but they don't really explain why or what he needs to do. And also, he's, he's very confused. That's the thing that fell out of my summary is that when he gets back to Earth, he spends several chapters thinking that he has arrived in his own future. Yeah. So he's yeah. like, well, I need to figure out if Father Aniri is still around and who's been sitting on the throne and all this stuff. He, he uh, It takes him so long to realize that he is in his own distant past. I guess they don't have time travel stories in Severian's time because if they did, he'd pick up on all this shit immediately. <laughs> no, we know every story he knows and they're all from that little brown book. And none one of them are helpful for learning anything. <laughs> Oh, can you think of a single helpful story for the genres that he is in? As soon as he gets there, he meets a girl who's like, hey, I thanks thanks for healing my arm. But now they're going to send me to the the uh, monarch. 
And he didn't for one second go, oh, you're one of the you're one of the corn maidens. You're one of the maidens of, of gold who right. gets sent to the the uh, monitor. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Severian's talking, but he's not listening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's hearing, but he's not hearing. True. Anyway, back on Yassad. <laughs> what else is popping off up there? And back. On, I mean, that's kind of well. No. So, yeah, it, you get the big defense fight where like yeah. uh, the sailors say, hey. If we go back to Earth, where they're going to blow up the whole planet, and they're like, "We're from all kinds of times. We're not all from the good future. Right. Some of us are from the time before the good times. We don't want to be dead." And then they start just like knocking shit apart, and yeah, like we get to see Doctor Talos like needle someone in the head. Mm-hmm. We Master get to see Dalzabos just eating dudes, yeah. crunching them up. Triskel is there. <laughs> yeah, Triskel's there having a grand old time, like laughing and giggling as a dog does uh-huh. while so killing people. Ma- Mr. Master Mount Rubius is there just wrecking shit too, <laughs> which I found very funny. Who I don't think rate who show up. Syriaca is here. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Morwenna is here. Morwenna. Morwenna, did you really, they really called you? You didn't just hear and come with someone else. You're not a plus one. You got the call. Okay, Morwenna, <laughs> if you say so. No, Morwenna just saw like on Instagram that everyone else was going. Right, and she, right, she got on the right. plane. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. What are they going to do? Turn her away? Shout out to Aggie and Agilis who kind of got over it, I guess, you know. Yeah. Now, did they get over it? Of course. Or <laughs> has Sabarian apologized for himself so hard <laughs> that his... <laughs> Mental projections of these people have all forgiven him. Yeah, because that's what happens. That's literally right? like what happened. The, the have you for and maybe this is part of the trial too, right? It's yeah. like, have you justified to yourself sufficiently in a way you truly believe, right? Mm-hmm. Have you asked for forgiveness in this whatever from yourself, right. rightly enough? Um, in such a way that it that that you're that you're absolved of what you did to these people and the book says yeah you did yeah they'll fight for you yeah the 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 explicit question is like or the not question but um i think it's a feta who says this that uh all of the people who showed up here had reason to hate you and Mm -hmm. nevertheless like elected to fight on your side and there are places where like yeah okay like merwinna like yeah she's Mm -hmm. got reason to hate severian agia and agilis oh yeah but then there are also like the people from his uh battalion before he becomes autark who like i mean you know he had some rough interactions with some of those people but like some of them I don't think really had reason to hate him, but there's this weird implication where Severian has kind of recognized that everyone in his life could potentially have a reason to hate mm-hmm. him. And he has like thought <laughs> over that. This is like Severian's like, he's like, like deep in his feelings about like minor social slights he made. Yeah. He's like, Oh no. Well, He specifically I, says, right. I forgot like, to get goo socked coffee when I went and got coffee. Well, it's oh, like, it's no. more like I forgot to make goo socked like my marshal when I became autark. I yeah. forgot all these people who like helped me on my way. Why wouldn't they and hate I, me? And I do think that's maybe part of it is that as Severian's position for the last 10 years is one of infinite power. Right. Mm-hmm. And if one has infinite power, one can infinitely improve the lives of anyone. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. Right. Right. You know what I mean? He was all fighting wars. Mm-hmm. He was all fighting so maybe wars and having a wife that he refuses to talk about. But who he's constantly saying, and I've said enough about Valeria already. It's so funny. <laughs> what an incredible troll maneuver. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think Valeria is his sister. And that's okay. why he won't yeah. talk about it. Hook, I think hook us up. Huh? 
Hook us up. Tell this us why. This is I, in the same way that that Agia and Agilis have this proximity towards each other that suggests mm-hmm. incest, and and there's that moment where Agia or Agilis says like, "Yes, it's Agilis." I think says like, "Yes, what you think is true." Uh, mm-hmm. uh, here, the one thing Severian won't talk about is his relationship with Valeria, and they didn't have a child. Then there's lots of reasons that you might not have a child in 10 years, right? It's, it's not just you didn't sleep with each other, right? Uh, bodies are are miraculous and terrible things. Uh, but the there's so much made of virility. And we mm-hmm. know that Sever, Severian had had this experience of dreaming himself as a father, at least a little mm-hmm. bit. In in mm-hmm. with young Severian, with little Severian, um, and it doesn't happen here. And, I, and there is something of shame. I, I I'm projecting, maybe or not projecting. <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> yeah, yikes. Uh, but I but I am I am picking up on. I'm I'm finding a right. sense of like you'll talk about everything else, but you won't talk about Valeria, who you seem to hold dear in a way different than every other woman in your life, for the fact that you won't talk about what your relation has been with her. Yeah. Now, why not? Now, what thing is it that's so bad that you won't talk about it or or so precious that you won't talk about it, whatever that is? Uh, and so that is all that I have. I don't have it. I mean, you know, it, it's I'm sure that there. it's also the like, oh, she's this like character who's the same age as him from across the way. We know that witches uh, or, or, you know, abandoned orphaned girls go to the witch's tower, orphaned, orphaned boys go to the, the torturer's tower, et cetera. Right. So like, I mean, she's not in the witch's tower, right? She's in the atrium of time, which isn't really the mm-hmm. witch's tower. Cause there's also the, mm-hmm. oh, is there also the witch? There's the little girl, witch, right? Or she older. That he sees one time twice, right? Marin, mm-hmm. Marin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He meant, he meets Marin in the tower. I'm, I'm off of it again. I'm off of it again. No. Why the fuck does he have to have a sister? There's no reason for him to have had a sister. <laughs> There's no evidence that he has a sister outside of. There's none. Severian There's none. had a little Severian had a sister. But Other than mm-hmm. structure. Right. Structure is the only thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is like the beauty. Like, look, I'm, I'm shit talking this book. This is the wonder of Gene Wolfe that he yeah. can in that he can. Uh, without saying any, literally without saying anything, right? Without writing a single fucking word about it, mm-hmm. can induce such a powerful doubt in you mm-hmm. as a reader only through structure. Well, and this is the thing is, I, the way I got there was not by thinking, who's Severian's sister? The right. I got to that, I got to, it, wait, is is Valeria his sister? By going, what is up with Valeria? Which I think is a gene at his best in some ways, because it's like at, bringing me to ask this question, Based on characterization, based on Severian as the author dancing around this topic, you know, and then eventually we meet mm-hmm. the we see her as an old woman eventually, and like none of that shit gets cleared up, you know. Yeah. Um. So. Anyway. Yeah. Did we have more about Yesed? Yeah. I yeah yeah this big fight. No one else yeah. wants to talk about this big fight. It's cool. It's cool. I, I mean, it happens. And then Doctor Talos like turns to the camera and is like, "Hello, <laughs> I'm Doctor Talos," and he starts introducing himself, and then he evaporates immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny they th- all evaporate because they are all projections of the computers. Aquasitors. Yeah. yeah. Aquasitors. I love cool. that the projection of Talos in Severian's mind is such that. Everybody else is focused on, on fighting, not Talos. I mean, Talos is fighting, but even the 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 impression that he has of Talos is one such that he cannot not talk in the middle of the big fight scene. It's just perfect. <laughs> yeah. And then they go to hell. Right, well, this is the other half of it, right? Yes. Then they go to hell. Mm, this yeah. is this is you know yeah. Jesus has to go to hell. 
Right. Well, it's like, and what if, what That's if hell was in fact, uh, the workshop underneath heaven? Yeah. I actually loved this bit. The reveal of, um, uh, Gene starts describing this place and it's like the doors are kind of jammed sometimes. And the, um, the, uh, the, there's like things are tarnished, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and that's great. The idea that like the, the back room of heaven is just a messy place. That's like falling apart a little bit. It's good. Yeah, I don't like the things that happen after this where people repeatedly look at the camera and go, are we in hell? <laughs> I think we might be in hell. That sign, the says, of hell. that sign says, welcome to hell. And <laughs> yeah. then someone else says like, no, no, no. It says, welcome to hello. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, that's uh, uh, for those not reading along. What happens is that Gunny uh, is looking at a... <laughs> All right, no, is it Bergendoffra by this point? I don't it's, know. One, no, one it's still Gunny. It's still it's Gunny. Still gunny. Yeah, she like looks, Assad yeah, Assad. right. She, she looks at uh, this gate and she reads it and it says, abandon all hope, ye who enter here, which is the inscription above the gate of hell in Dante's uh, Inferno. Uh, and Afeta is like, no, no, no. Every hope is in here. <laughs> abandon all. Hope ye enter here. <laughs> yes. But that's precisely right. That's that's the religious at work, right? Like that's the religious angle at work where, uh, um, you know, you may think hell is scary and torment is scary and pain is scary. But actually, those are the things that uh, produce hope and new growth and Mm -hmm. whatever. Right. Like it is it is that is what produces salvation is precisely uh, torture, (laughs) which, by the way, this is why it had to be a torturer. Right. Is that right? The thing being asked of Severian here is to go back home and kill everybody. And only mm-hmm. a torturer could do that because only a torturer would obey and only a torturer would be uh, cold enough to to do this and justify and understand that it's what needs to be done, right? Right. Could you absolutely obliterate a social order that is uh, not going anywhere or is in some way unjust with the hope that a new, better social order that has more potential is going to take its place? Right. And this, again, which I think we've already talked about this at some point, but it's never been clearer, um, goes back to that Borges story about the the theologian defending Judas. Mm-hmm. Right. That like, who has it worse? Jesus, who simply suffers uh, in his own body, or Judas, who has to do the terrible thing of dooming the world by killing the Messiah or by betraying Patreon.com slash range touch yes, to do. learn more about. Judas. Yes, that's right. If you want to know about Judas, that's where you can go. Um, yeah. So I think it's here, right? It's like it's like mm-hmm. it, it feels like he reads that story and then that sits in his mind for years. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, damn, I can work with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, before we uh, move too far forward, can I read a funny thing? Yeah, sure. It's about turnip ghosts. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love. This. Yeah. What's up with that? I didn't have time to look this up. I don't know. I have no idea. It's just so funny to me. Uh, If you who may someday read this retain the least respect for me, despite the manifold follies I have recounted, (laughs) you must lose it now. For I'm about to tell you how I was started as a baby does to see a turnip ghost. Uh, He's talking about jack-o'-lanterns. That's funny. Oh, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because they used to be turnips. That makes sense. Yeah. Back before we had pumpkins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Back before they were invented. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all, y'all pop. Who's when, scaring a baby with a turnip ghost? 
uncles. Who's out there it's in uncles. medieval in, in, in the medieval <laughs> period? Uh, it's it's uncles. Yeah, it is entirely uncles. You're right. You know, <laughs> down through time, down through time, uncles of the guild, uncles of the family. Yeah. That's right. Any kind of uncles who listen to prog rock, uncles who listen yes. to metal. That's right. All uncles, uncles are with a trans am, you know uncles what I mean? without. It's, yep. it's fundamentally true that all uncles yep. are torturers. Uh, did y'all pop uh, at, at the uh, the first fire must have been kindled in an age now inconceivably remote? Yep. Because of being nerds? <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Hey, you better uh, keep that flame going. Uh-huh. Into this book, Age of Dark ending, when you think it is? You think we've yeah. rekindled the flame here? No, I think this is, well... The it, age of know, man? I guess this is the thing, is... This is the time loop it doesn't seem to have actually been, which is there was a brief moment where I thought, oh, no, it's the, the old son is the new son. He's going to go back so far in time mm-hmm, that when the new son mm-hmm. gets there, it is the old son. And then we're literally in a closed loop for the whole book. And I don't yeah. think it's that. It feels no. instead like, yes, it's the age of shadow ending, the age of dark ending. The world truly does flood. Uh, you know, I don't know. Do we gonna have to relight this light at some point? I guess so. But like everybody did die. We're in a new type of humanity, it seems. Um, and 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 the book, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. But he 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 says to be kind to one another. <laughs> if I can tell you one thing to do, mm-hmm. you know, just be awesome. You know, mm-hmm. be cool. Be cool. Yeah. You know, uh, and yours is a race of pawns. That Gil told me. <laughs> You move forward only unless we move you back to begin the game again, but not all the pieces on the board are pawns. Yeah, I popped mm-hmm. for that one too and wrote Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> 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 uh, um, the the uh, but yeah, the, at the end of the the end of the book, he says basically like be cool to one another. And if the goal of the the goal of this whole thing was to make a humanity like that we would imagine ourselves, the best version of ourselves, like I guess this is what you're imagining is the beginning of that process, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I mean, how many times does this book also say the line uh, regarding Yassad that like, this is what Earth could be if only we all worked towards it. If we all, if only we all just agreed to make it like this. Mm-hmm. But we can't all agree, so let's kill everybody and right. start fresh. Yeah. There are those Asians up there and they can't get their shit together. So uh, let's just drown this whole thing. But even even Zadkiel has that little exiled splinter, right? Yeah. Oh, everything everything has been riven, turned against itself. Damn. Mm-hmm. Go get that new sound. Uh, I think the new sound will fix it. Do we? Yeah. Do you know? Have either of you read the other Solar Cycle? books which i know is not a i started trying to read what whatever the long sun long sun and yeah, short long sun. sun yeah i mean i'm familiar with them okay um do we but, ever go uh, higher than this can we get mm, much higher like in terms of like so like zadkiel is a hero gramate mm-hmm. which we didn't really ever lay this out but like hero gramates are the i mean they are the officers of god uh, yep. And then, and then their soldiers are the hero duels, right? So, like mm-hmm. Ascalio yep. and them report to the hero gramates, uh, uh, and then both of those serve the increate, right? But would you ever meet another yep. another being like Zodkiel, another hero gramate? I mean, I guess we meet baby hero gramate in uh, Afeta, not Afeta, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah, Afeta. Yes. But like, do you ever mm-hmm. meet and you know while they're on Yasad on this island of Earth? There are all these other isles, and Severin is told that those other isles, each other isle in the Sea of Yasad, is another world. It's another Earth. Or not another um, Earth. It's another world. 
Is so, this a lie? So, okay. Um, the short sun books get into some other planets. Okay. And there are some things like, you know, one, I haven't read these as much as I've read uh, New Sun, and it was also a long time ago. So I'm like trying to preserve against spoilers and also remember even what the hell I'm talking right, about. Right, because I imagine some of our listeners uh, are going to want to go read those books or yeah. are in the process of. So, yeah, I prefer uh, not they, to They are them. pretty radically different, uh-huh. just like as Michael thinks. They're pretty, they're pretty radically different in terms of like what scope and concept they have they are related to these books but they do not have the same kind of um severian slowly goes from the lowest of the low they don't have the kind of like uh tarot deck kind of vibe to them right of like from least to most abstraction right um they're they're pretty they are like earth of the new sun like that first hundred ish pages they are in particular genres that Mm -hmm. are then in a kind of bigger broader science fictionally so like there's big AI stuff. Right, there's that's like what God stuff. Yeah, right. It's it's um, mainly like, uh, hey, here's like a little corner of this world where some stuff could happen. Let's go fill in that blank spot. But also, okay like me, thematically, honestly. it resonates with what's going on in the main thing, and there are eventually like some explicit connections that get made. But we don't um, ever go to the and create. We never get like the room of I hero grammates together, so. being like. Well, well how, how you fucked it all up over there. Well, and so what I was going to say is that while uh, Short Sun explicitly is going to a new solar system with new planets, there is nevertheless a fairly popular reading that suggests that one of those planets is actually just Earth. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, that's fine, though. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's not what I would want from it, maybe, but is is also not the thing that I was kind of worried about that, like... Mm-hmm. That we that we'd stay that we would once again not just come back to Yasad, but that Yasad would wind up to be just one of seven great worlds in yeah. its own play, you know, itself, you know, uh, uh, nested inside of XYZ, you know. No, I think that largely the perspectives of those other books are much more limited. Yes, um, that sounds good to me. And, and they like go back in time, like there's what, uh, what is it? It's Long Sun that is uh, kind of in the filling in some of the gaps around like the AI stuff that's mm-hmm. going that gets referred to in these books. So, yes, oh, that's fine. Um, some of them play with perspective. I mean, it's just like the further you get along toward Gene Wolfe's death, the more that he is. I think aggressively playful in a way that I don't, Mm. I just don't enjoy reading the books. Like one of them, I think it's in, it's the last one I read. So actually maybe I got into short sun because it's either the first book of short sun or the second book of short sun where it's two separate narratives being written simultaneously. One from the present that's short sun Uh and one from uh, from, one's a recounting and they are being written simultaneously. Mm. So it's like two different time-based perspectives at once. It just he just gets more in his shit Uh around this stuff, right? And it's like not what I enjoy. But in terms of like abstraction, in terms of metaphysics, I don't think any of them they touch on the stuff as Michael said, but I don't think that they try to resolve themselves at the level of like big metaphysical stuff. They're they're mostly science fiction-y. And and like there's more fantasy in those books too, Mm -hmm. I would say. Or things that read like fantasy. Yeah. Mythical. Right. Right. So he heads home. He's on the ship. Yep. Uh, yep. That whole thing where he's like, you know, I think I had some problems with women. You know, never mind, actually. The problems were with the women. It was their yeah, problem. I don't think I did have those problems. Parenthetically, I did not rape Jolenta. 
God, I've never felt Gene's pen more. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's Gene being like, I know what you're thinking. Yellow goop. Hey, and can I tell you, that this is not what I was thinking about. Okay. But this obviously is what informed my reading of that other scene. Uh-huh. Because... If that had been at play, if that had been a possible reading, Gene would have been would have mentioned it. Well, I think no, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think that's definitive proof right, or anything. Right, right, but right. I feel like if that was in his head, it would have been here. Yeah. Um, there's a moment in here that I feel like could have been the end of the book. Is it the end of literally any chapter? It's the end of literally any chapter. No, I think it's actually this one. There's a section um, in chapter towards the be- the beginning of chapter 25 passion in the passageway which sounds like a romance novel it's great mm-hmm. it does um and that's not true because it would be like oh yeah this is the parkour chapter this is the parkour chapter it is uh isn't parkour the greatest romance he's this <laughs> the bit uh here he goes i was the predecessor and alone and his predecessor he's talking about being lonely again right uh i was the that predecessor and alone and his predecessors each as solitary as every ruler must be until better times or rather better men and women shall come to earth. I was Thecla too. Thecla thinking of a mother and a half-sister never to be seen again, and of the young torturer who had wept for her when she no longer had tears for herself. Most of all, I was Severian, and horribly lonely, as the last man on some derelict ship knows loneliness when he dreams of friends and wakes to find himself solitary as ever, and goes on deck, perhaps, to stare at the peopled stars and their tatter- and the tattered sails that will never bear him to any of them. Period. The end. Mm-hmm. Goes to Yassad, does the damn thing, is on his way home. The end. Is lonely. It didn't save him. It saved the world, but it didn't say it doomed the world. So I saved the world, but it didn't. Yeah, but what about Apple Punchow? What about him? What don't? What how did do, I how, learn how, how else would we learn the explicit <laughs> yeah. reality of Apple? How else would we learn about the conciliator and how Severian? How else would we learn that that wall at the Citadel fell? Like, I yeah, really wanted to know how that wall fell over. You're right. I, I wanted did to know. Need the, to I know. wanted to learn about Yamar. I did need to know Yamar? that Severian gets cucked twice. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's an important thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. I guess that is important. Miserable. Uh, I do like the, like, it's a real classic science fiction bit, right? Time travel bit mm-hmm. where he, like, comes back to Earth and he's like, I must be in the future. And he's really back in time. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is when, in, before they land, we get the swap between Gunny and Bergen Defara. He mm-hmm. wakes up and then he has two girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, which is extremely funny. Uh, two hot sailor girlfriends. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, learning, of course, that Gunny is the older version of Bergen Defara. But, you know, this to me was this moment of like, oh, he anticipates that he's going to be asked. But wait a second. If this is the one ship, couldn't you find yourself on it from a previous, like, travel? And he's like, yeah, absolutely you could. Yeah, for sure, dude. And then <laughs> and then what if one guy dated both of you? <laughs> I really like the uh, the thing that happens earlier where, you know, what who we learn is Zach is being, like, kind of taken somewhere yeah. in chains or whatever. And they're like. He's like, who could that be? I'm the Autark. And they're like, buddy, there could be more than one Autark yeah, on this really thing. Good. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. no, no. Oh, there could be more than one. But yes, the, it, all of the, that that's the fun of there's only one ship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if there's something fun to that idea, it's this. Right. Sorry, the thing that just hit me is I read that whole segment about him and Afeta having sex and therefore creating the new son. Um, yep. This is the... <laughs> 
this is the theological reason why being quote unquote unmanned is such a terrible thing. Yes. Right? Because yeah. now you cannot create. Mm-hmm. You and yeah. you could never even if you made it back to Yasad, you couldn't succeed because dot 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 you couldn't fuck the MILF to make this new son. Yep. Yeah. So important is this act of creation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just kind of <laughs> hit me. Uh that really got you, huh? Yeah, well. It's really it's not good. It's it's it yeah. Big families. Uh-huh. Yeah, they like zip they back land. to Earth. Yeah. Fun they to go see back them. Time. See, fun to see them like on the spaceship looking down as they like get back to Earth and you know. It's like, oh, it's cool to see Earth again. That stuff's all fun. The yeah. deck of the ship. And then yeah. Yeah. And then it's Bible story time. <laughs> it's just stories from that the the literal Bible. Yes. And then the zombie uh, duel with the Montbank, <laughs> who's great. That bit's great. But the rest of it is just Bible stories. Jesus should have dueled a magus <laughs> who rose a who 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 resurrected a zombie sailor who cut down yeah, his door. Yeah, it is wild axe. that there's just like a necromancer hanging out. It's right. Yeah, it's and wild. like Severian, in case in case you were like doubtful of this, like Severian looks at him and he realizes like, oh, this dude's seen some shit. Like he and I have walked some of the same hallways somehow. Yeah. And so yeah. like he's not he's not fooling. Like he's got some dark magic going on in there. Yeah. Do people have like big theories about this guy? I don't know. Huh. Never looked it up. Yeah. Never thought to. Yeah, I'm not I mean, sure. they have to, right? I mean, I'm sure they do. It just interestingly enough, it's never one of the like stuff about this book in particular, like stuff about him. His name is Sarex has never really crossed my desk, so to speak. It feels yeah. like maybe there's not as much questioning to have about him. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not picturing you like J. Jonah Jameson. Uh-huh. Get me pictures of Sarex. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Who, who is the Peter Parker in this scenario? Severian. <laughs> Reporting so, up to no, Michael. No, Severian, Severian Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Oh, you're right. Who is, who is the Peter? You know what I mean? Like, if he is he's Spider-Man, so who is the Peter Parker? <sighs> uh, it's like it's like little Emar. Severian with a <laughs> yeah, shirt on. Little Emar. With a shirt on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's how you know. Uh-huh. That he's different. Yeah, it's different. Uh but yeah, they, I mean, you know, like you, you, you kind of wish there was some other thing going on here, but yeah, they just kind of go through, she hangs out. She's kind of like this, uh, Burgund de Fores is kind of like Mary Magdalene-esque yeah. character. But they also go, Judas. They go from, mm-hmm. And also a Judas. You, you got to get that combo in yeah. there. Mm-hmm. They, uh, go from town to town and, uh, then she eventually, you know, does a, what was it? Mark. Is it Mark who did that? Not Judas, but Mark, right? No, what? No. Oh no, he disavows Jesus. He's not the Judas is the one. Peter who disavows. Him. Yeah, Peter Jesus. disavows. Oh, okay. Famously, because he's like Christ. the best one and becomes the first. I pope. know, but he first, gets forgiven. He right, exactly. Judas is the one who part. kisses him on the cheek and to mark. I him. only know this because in college I had to take a class on Christianity. Okay, it's the only reason I know any of these things. That's mm-hmm. great. I had to take it at eight a.m. Damn, my freshman I wish that year. could so, be me. <laughs> For forgive me if I if I'm if I'm forgetting some of the details. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. It's like it's it's you know, I've not been involved in it in a long time and I've forgotten much of it, but it is sort of like a mother language, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which I can't wait to leave behind, by the way. I can't wait to read a thing that is not just drowning in it. 
So, Michael, we need to talk about the next book. Maybe yeah, we shouldn't be reading. Uh, oh no, is there the more? Bible? Is there more Catholicism? <laughs> we just chose the Bible for the next uh-huh. book, I think. Yeah, because people are clamoring for it. Mm-hmm. People, people were really into that era where you would go into the Barnes and Noble and move the Bible <laughs> from religion to fiction, <laughs> and right. so they're like shell by genre, shell by genre. And right, so, that's yeah. right. We should, I should say really quick, too, that there's like a lot of stuff in this book that feels more like Jewish mysticism that I don't have a deep understanding of. But like terms like Yassad uh-huh. um, or or Zadkiel, right, is uh-huh. explicitly uh, a, a Jewish Bible thing, I believe, um, and not a thing that I grew up Catholic learning about. Yeah. Uh, and so there's the some reading out come out. Yeah. The later. Sephiroth come out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I don't know any of that shit. So, so, uh, I'm sure someone out there has done. Oh, good. that kills the one who came up. It's like, bro, 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 do not kill your son. Oh, is that that kill? Yeah. Oh. That's the angel that tells Abraham not to you know kill this. Isaac. You were all, you were I mean, saying, I don't know Wikipedia anything about is, Biden. It's pretty quick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's different. Huh. It's interesting. It is interesting. Hmm. God is my righteousness is what it uh Yeah. I knew it, it Hebrew. I, I knew this once because famously a character in Counterweight has a group of assassins named the Zodkiel. So I would have made that decision at some point in the past. Yeah. You know, mm. they weren't just assassins, they did other stuff too. But yeah. um, you know. Cool. Well, this is all to say the next time you're reading the Bible and you get to all the bits about Jesus, just take a cue from Earth of the New Sun and imagine that you are reading like a week in the life of the most confused man to ever exist. <laughs> that is the thing. He is constantly <laughs> just being like, I guess I got it. I guess I got to I got to heal. I got to heal. I got to heal this person. All right. Can we yep. go? We're going to go over there and we're going to try to heal. I got to go private. Let everybody leave me alone. I got to go heal this person and don't tell anybody about it. I. All right, don't look at me. It's not me. Oh, they're telling everybody over there. They went to the next city and told everyone in the next city about you. God, I told you not to do that. I had one thing I said. Don't tell anyone. Don't blow my spot up. God, I now got to kill a wizard. Mm -hmm. It's sad. The end of that story is sad. When he kills that wizard? No, no, no. It's not the wizard dying that's sad. It's Zama dying that's sad. Right. Oh, yeah. So, so this wizard, Sarix, is is tries to challenge Severia into a magic off in in like a in during one of his live shows, basically during one of, yeah. one of Sarix's live shows, and Severian is like, "No, shut up! No, I'm not a mage. Go keep doing your thing. We're different. You and I are different different things." And Burgundafor is like, "Come on, you could kick his ass." And Sarah's like, I don't have to kick his ass. We're going to get on a boat tomorrow and leave. And she's like, yeah, I guess we're going to get on a boat tomorrow and leave. And then they go to the inn and everyone's impressed by them because of the stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And because he has a lot of money and he has money with his own face on it, which is weird. Um, uh, And they get a nice room. And then from outside, the necromancer shows up and is like, if you won't duel me, I'll summon a zombie lord. And then he does that. And the zombie axes down their door, and mm-hmm. everyone rushes up to help them, which is sick, by the way. This, uh, let's just remember this. That didn't happen in The Lord of the Rings when the, <laughs> the, the, the witch lords of whatever, what are they called? The, the witch lords. Yeah. Is that right? 
The ring wraiths. The ring wraiths. Thank you. Show up to, um, to kill the hobbits. No one shows up to help <laughs> the them. Witch lords. Yeah. <laughs> the witch kings of Azamar. Yeah, is there's a, a witch. King? There's I one witch got there, king. But witch the lords king. is very funny. Yeah, anyway, the witch lords. There's a witch king and there's a witch lord. You, you better not get those things confused. <laughs> and and uh, you know, but anyway, the whole tavern like shows up to try to help. Uh, yeah, and it's a whole mess. And what ends up happening is he resurrects the zombie, right in the room. And everyone freaks out about it because he looks like an angel when he does this, right? The, the new mm-hmm. sun glows above him. Um, he's like casting a spell in World of Warcraft and there's like a <laughs> UI element that shows up <laughs> above him and he reses the guy. You think there, You think it's like angel wings? You think it's like the, you think it's the Overwatch? Well, <laughs> like you, the it depends on if Severian spent money on the microtransaction to get the, <laughs> right. the full right. deluxe the deluxe one if there's something hold on we gotta pause here yeah if there's a thing i know in my heart yeah it is that severian spent the money on the microtransaction oh, yeah. <laughs> severian in the house absolute just buying gems for his favorite percent oh, favorite gotcha game yeah he's transmuting dudes uh, to get oh, more gems 100%. you know what i mean he is feeding dudes into other dudes to get more gems 100 yes Yes, he's Severian saying, look, I need to, you know, that big mine with the eight men and the big creature. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That shit's got to get bigger so I can get more gems for this game. (laughs) He's accelerating the Commonwealth's economy. They let you have a flying mount. (laughs) (laughs) You can fly in the the next patch. You'll be able to fly like you can in the other world in your side. We're going to be flying here like they can fly in your side. The bit in this book where he goes, oh, and by the way, the flyer, the flying thing that came and got me, its wings were nachuals. That little throwaway. That's because yeah. he wanted that as a mountain in the game. That's what he that's was right. like. <laughs> I read the lore entry and its its wings were nachuals. That's right. He and this zombie, now resurrected but confused the way so many are when he resurrects them, wander around yeah. the streets at night and eventually like stumble into someone who's like, oh, Zama, you're alive. They all said you drowned. And Zom was like, uh. And then (laughs) the next day when they're waiting for the ship after Bergenfora slept with the captain thinking that that uh, Severian was dead because they left. They jumped out the window. (laughs) They tried to do more parkour. Why did Severian jump out the window? It's worked every other time. I guess. It's because he forgot how gravity works is what he says. Yeah. I think it's so that so that Bergen Fora could have an excuse to go sleep with the captain because Gene really wanted that to be part of this story. Anyway, uh, uh, Zamba turns into a zombie again. The necromancer re-zombifies him, which is the opposite of Vivamancy as far as I'm concerned. And, and Severian saves him again. He turns him back into a living being again, but everyone falls upon the necromancer and on Zama. Zama gets stabbed and killed for real. And it's sad to me. That's the last bit where I'm like, damn. I took book. that. I took that as uh, I, I understood that as happening differently. I may be wrong. I may not oh. have read carefully enough. Uh, I thought this was like another follow on from like healing that girl's arm and then her being like, holy hell, I have two arms now. That means they're going to sell me into slavery. But I sure do like having two arms. Um because this is the thing we always have to like, there's always right, a little right, bit right. of, uh, uh, not to bring in more Star Wars. There's always a little bit of Kraya in here. Oh, there's a of ton like, of Kraya right? in this section. It's like, Thank you, God did you, said you did a good thing. You did what you thought was a good yes. thing. Yes. Space Jesus. Well, what <laughs> if I told you that that made something bad happen too? <laughs> um, so, I'm so like, glad you said it. So I didn't have to. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like what I thought happened here, right, is that he resurrects Zama, like seems like a good thing. But then when Zama sees uh, uh, Serex, he is overcome with the memory of being like uh. half resurrected in like, you know, basically like it, it being tortured, right, or whatever. And so. Uh, in his kind of like weird post-resurrection fugue state, he just like instinctively jumps at this person that he sees as his enemy and kills him. I and see. then everyone around him who does not realize that he's not just the zombie that he was the night before, then they kill him. And that's why Severian gets so depressed as he's like, oh, yeah, I thought I did a good thing, and but it made a bad thing happen. Mm. I can see this. But the thing is, when Sarek starts to run, everyone else stops him from getting away. Mm. They should just let him get away if they if they thought the Zama, you know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. I, you're right. That might be the way that this works, that they see him as a killer. And so they kill him instantly. Mm-hmm. But it's sad. Also, the guy he kills is walking around with a staff with a human head on it. Yeah, it's like rotting. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. And yeah. It's eyes move to look at Severian. Yeah. That, now, that's cool. Uh-huh. This whole little sequence felt like something out of the first or second book. The mm-hmm. second book, yeah. really. This felt like one of the things that would have happened on the way to Thrax. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets uh, pointed out. Yep. Mm-hmm. He gets betrayed, gets Judas. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's who you say I am. He says six <laughs> times to different people. Yep. I wouldn't call myself. I, I guess I'm a conciliator. Look, the only thing I said was I'm conciliating. <laughs> yes. I didn't say I was a conciliator. Yeah. He no no alarm bells in Severian's head no, on that one. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm just doing what people do. They conciliate. Hey, is this is this prefect of the tower the instance of the the cruel woman yes. torturer? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. This is why Yamar the almost just bans women from being um, torturers. Yeah. One bad woman. Right. Yeah. No, you remember when you first read that line and it opened up this whole world of like, oh, how long were there women in the torturers guilds and like what sorts of things might have gone on to result in in this specific historical event? It turns out there was a woman who ran the Citadel a long time ago who was kind of a hard ass and no one liked her. It's like having it's like having a bad boss when you're a teenager and being like, you know, becoming ruler of the earth and being like. Guys named Chad can never become the manager of McDonald's. Yep. yep. <laughs> I decree it. It's fucked up. She doesn't even get a name. No, yeah, she, she does. does. Madam a, Prefect is not a name. That's a title, isn't it? She, no, get, she gets a name too. Oh, does a she? Name. What's her name? Yeah. yeah. I missed it. I don't have an own okay. like in front of me, but she does. She does get in there. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. It's pre- yeah, she's she's called like high prefect something or other. The point is, Severian like punches her so hard he breaks her neck. Yeah. It's the funniest <laughs> like sure thing does. where he's like, listen, most people when they're training, it's just out of nowhere. He's like, mostly <laughs> when you're trying to punch, n- no one teaches you to punch as hard as you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you know there's something in you. Yeah, there's, there's something, something human. human. Yeah, I've been to space. <sighs> Humanity can't keep me down. Yeah. <laughs> and so I punched her as hard as a human being can punch another human. And you basically like knocks her head off. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it is. He's got like bloody mess unlocked in his perks. <laughs> he goes into vats and she explodes. Uh huh. Clink, clink, clink. Again, <laughs> Jesus didn't do this even once. <laughs> uh, Prisca. Her name is Prisca. I found it. It's yeah. Madam Prefect Prisca. Yeah. In my mind, though, it's like a Looney Tunes where he like hits her in her like 
head hinges at the back, right? It just right. like, like 180 degrees. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then they <laughs> and then they laser his ass. Right. They laser his ass. And then later the doctor is like, you didn't get lasered. You didn't get lasered. If you got lasered, you'd be dead, dude. Mm-hmm. He got lasered so hard, he caused an earthquake. He, you know, he got lasered and the whole yeah. world shook and he caused the the tower to tilt. Yeah. Yeah. The witch's yeah, tower so- looks like crap because Severian got <laughs> shot with a laser. And the wall fell. And the, the wall, wall fell. fell. Yeah. He did that. This to me is the most Star Wars prequels ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, like it's I think it's worse. I think it's worse than that. I th- I do. I also think yeah. it's worse. Like it's solo levels. Yeah. It's it's explaining. It's, it's, <laughs> are you traveling alone? Yeah, I guess you could say I'm traveling solo. <laughs> winky, winky, oh. nudgy, nudgy. It's this, that level to me, yeah. Right. And this is like another thing, another way that like the everything ends up feeling so small because in Book of the New Sun, we knew the conciliator was out there doing things. We didn't really know where the conciliator was doing things. It just so happens that the conciliator was in all the locations that we saw before, uh, making them look the way that they were going to look or whatever. And it was just kind of never talked about. Also, he didn't do shit. (laughs) They talk about (laughs) conciliator in those previous books like he's like a social movement figure. Like he's mm-hmm. Nelson yeah. Mandela. Do you know what I mean? Like yes, right. he's the head of the revolution and then 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 moves into being this other religious fit. You know what I mean? Not that Mandela's become mm-hmm. a religious fit. You know what I mean? But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he does he heals the girl's arms. It sounds like there's some statecraft involved. Correct. It sounds like there are decades of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's here for Not three days. days. <laughs> and half right, of what he does is with Typhon behind closed doors. Yeah. And most of the time he doesn't really know what he's doing. <laughs> How, how all because this kid next door wrote the book of the new sun, which we, you mentioned that, right? That the yes, that the mm-hmm. original book of the new sun is not the book in you know, the beginning of this book when Severian when Severian hurls the book of the new sun into space, right? Yeah, he's, he's yeah where it. it's going to like phase through reality and eventually GW is going to find it and translate Correct. it. Correct. That is the one that GW finds. But yes. I thought at first I was like, oh. Is this the one that lands at the beginning of time somehow and becomes the, uh, you know, the book of the new sun somehow it, 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 you know, morphs over through a game of telephone until it becomes the book of the new sun that would inspire um, uh, the play. Right. And mm-hmm. no, the answer is no. The one that does that is the one that this next door neighbor in the jail cell, you know, or in the in the tower Writes. That's the actual in in universe original book of the new sun, which I don't know. There's not enough story there for it. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. The yeah. conciliator doesn't do anything. <laughs> right. Like, well, the- it's also weird combined with like the, like the thing we know, right? This is extra knowledge, but it is important that Gene Wolfe believes in a historical Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but the historical and Jesus so, like, was around for a minute. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's the interesting thing to me right. about it, I right? See, is I like, see. That that's the basis here. Gene clearly has this image of like the game of telephone of history, right? right? That's like involved here. That's all throughout these books. And then when he rewrites it, and, and that's what this is. This is a rewriting of the Jesus oh, thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Event. Uh, when he rewrites it, yeah, it takes place over. It, it, I mean, it's like the highlights, right? It's mm-hmm. like you healed somebody. You defeated someone who was not the real source of power mm-hmm. because the conciliator is the real source of power. That the you know the white fountains bluting through space over there right like this is real shit um and then um you know kills herod you know what i mean uh-huh. right you know like kills caesar over here and now we're good 
kills Pharaoh. You know, I yeah. know these are not yeah. all of the same thing, right? But like, there's there's this <laughs> there's compression that's there's, happening. A, there's a right, right, right. Yeah. I, although I do like <laughs> the, the idea Testament of a time is about Jesus, Jesus time traveling back to the Old Testament and killing Pharaoh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jesus just goes through and like just is is obliterating <laughs> dudes out the time machine window. <laughs> Incredible. Um, but but right, there's this kind of composite thing. So it's like killing the the big bad authority figure that we know from before, and we're done. Right. You know, like and there's it, like it a little really bit weird. of ministry to the Kiliarch and his dudes. Right. 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 Yes. But like right. not really. And I think that that's what's missing here is that like. I mean, well, it's the Kiliarch is a Paul moment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Kiliarch like, is not uh-huh. Paul. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. for sure. You go, you go, create the guy who's going to go like preach the message, right? And, they, and he yeah. gives them like, the claw, and I guess anything that they do with the claw is going to count to them as something that he's doing, right? Um, guess, but yeah. you know, the the thing that makes the gospels work is like Jesus is bopping all around doing stuff, you right. know, for a while, for years, for three years or whatever, right? Right. Yeah, no, it's this is really weird. And it's something that I sort of like, although I don't know if I'm reading it correctly or whatever. But um, the way that this plays out here, right, is that uh, uh, like Severian is the most important person in reality. And at the same time, none of that's him. Like, it's all like the the structure of reality, in fact, robs him of agency in this really fascinating way where he's already encountered the book of the new son through Dr. Talus's play. So that doesn't come to him as something that like he actually wrote. It's just like he he, in in the same way he gets he backs into the throne. He backs into having been the engine of history. And so what is that engine of history? Oh, it's like the machinations of the end create. Right. Yeah. And I wonder if that's like a little bit, too, of Gene working through like the Jesus deal, which is like, you know, uh, trying to think through what does it mean to be human and be God at the same time? Right. Right. This kind of like predestination of the reality. Like the the Jesus story could not have gone a different way because Jesus is God. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it it is also trying to work through this kind of. uh, paradox, you know, for, I guess for like a better term here. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like deeply unsatisfying as like a narrative device because it is in fact a theological paradox. Right. That right. It's being right. narrativized. Right. Um, so I guess that's, well, and then this is part of probably why when Burgundifora comes up and, and he's like, listen, she apologizes, right. They, they, she and Declan come up to visit, Severian in the tower. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's there where, where he's like, listen, if you end up deciding to come look for me in the future, that's your decision. I'm not telling you you're going to go do it for sure. You have to choose that thing uh, on your own. That's your agency. That's not me predicting or prophesying or ensuring that you do X, Y, Z, which has not been. He's never said that before to people. He normally just says, oh, yeah. In my past, but your future, you wave at me from the spaceship. <laughs> um, and here he doesn't do that, uh, which might be about the way that Gunny needs to exist in this sort of like Master Ash-like state, which we didn't really mm-hmm. talk about. But like Gunny only exists there because I think now it's clear of this betrayal. Gunny like goes on to search the stars for Severian in a sense. Uh, and becomes a person who who can like pay him back for having betrayed him here. This is why she sides with him. My reading is this is why she sides with him in the fight. Right? Uh, is that she betrayed him as a, as a youth, and now as an adult, 
and will side with him in Yasad and fight against the other sailors because, you know, she betrayed him once before. Um, and the fact that he's like emphasizes, now listen, I'm not telling you to do that, I think is caught up in some of this agency stuff that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't count otherwise. And then Typhon's here. Typhon's here. Yamar is here. I didn't need Typhon. I like to- the like the Yamar thing conceptually. I don't like. I don't like the idea. But do you like, just like the little boy? I like the you little boy little, being like a little you know little like scamp. a little trash goblin boy yeah, who mm-hmm. becomes Yamar the first aut- autark yeah. seemingly. It's so weird that uh, George R. R. Martin like references this specific thing in uh, a Song of Ice and Fire. Does he? Yeah, there's a character there who is named uh, Reek. Uh, like, Imar is called Reechy because he stinks, and it's the right. same thing. And they mm-hmm. both turn out to be people that uh, are not just people who stink. Except, of course, with Martin, <laughs> it's all about, like, it goes, I'm not going to spoil that for someone who has not read those books or, like, yeah. watched the series. Uh, mm-hmm. Suffice it to say, for Martin, it's like, and then the worst possible thing turned out to right. be the case. Sure, sure. He really reeked. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Uh, so I like that. And I like the I like the prophecy stuff here where like the conciliator is treated as a prophet mm-hmm. because he's just saying things that <laughs> happen. Yeah. 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 And that's fun. Like, I, you know, I like a, I like a back to the future. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he I also like thinks to himself, well, like by making that prophecy, have I in fact killed off that thread of history that by getting the prophecy Amar is going to attempt to become Autark and that is going to stop him from becoming Autark actually right yeah uh, the, and the answer to that question is no <laughs> he'll be fine it seems good. like he'll be fine or like I don't know for me it's like yeah sure but then also there will be a variation of history where he becomes Yamar the blue and there's another one where he becomes Yamar the definitely just and another one where mm-hmm. he becomes nope. Mary you know no he doesn't. No, that but, doesn't happen. but if the, I'm saying, in other words, this is why there's that, that kind of like Severian's a little aside there does nothing yeah. for me because yeah. like, yeah. yeah, of course there's a possible world in which X, Y, Z like there, if there, and if there is one other possible world then there are infinite others. And at that point I can't waste my time caring about any of them. Well, it's like, we already know this master Ash explained it. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. There's probability waves, right. my man. Right. And uh, the thing that changes probability waves is a big ass sun flying toward this place, <laughs> magically changing things all the time. You know what I mean? Like someone's got their finger on the scale of probability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it might be uh, the thing. Although it is interesting to think about like now, now that we know it's like a locked cycle for the most part, yeah. it is interesting to think of Master Ash is already dead eternally. Yeah, eternally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's fun. That's a fun thing to think yeah. of. And Master Ash is actually a bigger problem post Earth than you saw. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, like, are there also, I mean, this is the thing is like, Gene really needed this kind of like bifurcated future to make the stakes feel real. Uh, mm-hmm. right? It feels like that's what he thought he needed. I, I, who could say what he, what he felt, but like, that's how it comes across. Um, uh, and in fact, for me, again, what it makes me think is there are infinite towers of different, of infinite different futures, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I want to see what's in one of those. Tell me what the other future is out there, you know? Actually, I don't know that I actually want that. I think what I'm actually saying is, and then at that point, I'm disinvested again, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he goes to Typhon. He does. Mm-hmm. What do y'all think about Typhon showing up? Don't like it. Don't know. Also it. don't I like mean, it. it's, yeah. it, he has to be here because he's a conciliator, and this is what the conciliator did. I don't want to see it. This is where I like conciliator as a different guy. 
Yeah. You know? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why didn't Typhon in the future go, hey, I just met you? Yeah, I don't know. Two weeks ago. Maybe he looked different. But he I didn't say this, didn't this, healed. Yeah, this he, yeah, the, he looks 10, less different than he did. He's 10 years older. Yeah, he's 10 years older. Do you think that Typhon just doesn't know what people look like? Maybe. Too busy. Do you think he's like got face blindness? Too busy pawing at himself. <laughs> Typhon's too important to remember what other people look like. I mean, this is he like a this is actually that's what I'm saying, right? Like really and truly. Maybe he just doesn't know what other people look like because he doesn't really look. That could be true. Mm-hmm. But but you know, it really is like you would be astonished. I think I, you tell me, Austin, if this is true. If I told you. Back when the in the original Typhon section, yeah. if I said Typhon's going to show back up and you're going to hate it, I don't think you would have believed me. I would have believed you because I you I, think so? I had gotten exactly as much Typhon as I wanted at that point. Gotcha. Because it ends mm-hmm. so dramatically and cleanly, in a good way, cleanly. It's such a fun ending. I don't want to see more Typhon. Well, he's back. Yeah. What do we do with this? Do we do it? Do we just? Uh, he shows up, does mm-hmm. bad stuff, goes away. Is that where we want to leave it, or do we have anything of substance to say about Typhon here? Because there's weirdly not a lot. Going I think on. the the most interesting thing for me is this is another instance of where Severian repeats the the kind of motive or the the recurring theme of you have to let people suffer to mm-hmm. let them change because the Vinyar and the and the Kiliark I think are both like can't you just kill Typhon and like <laughs> like be our ruler and he is like no I I can't it's easy it's easy to kill a ruler. But it's hard to prevent a worse one from showing up. Um, mm-hmm. And the actual importance is worse ones will show up. Maybe not maybe not worse ones, but still bad ones. The suffering is important. Um, mm-hmm. He has to let people suffer through the coming years. He can't just be here, which is, of course, also what the the hero duels say, right? right hey, right. if I if we stick around, you will make us your kings. Um, and so I have to get, we got to get the fuck out of here. Otherwise, you're going to just obey us. And we need, what we now know is they need us to suffer. So that Severian will one day show up. Mm-hmm. Right. They can't make heaven on earth for reasons. By the way, take my little rose thorn so it can zip around history and get encased in a sapphire and become the thing that I've already held. Can you imagine that? Like getting that and being like, what the fuck is this guy giving me? What's it's got to be confusing, about? right? Because you've seen him do miracles. Yeah. Right. He's like, hey, this thing's been in my blood. Right. It poked me one time. Well, that makes it a relic, right? I mean, you just got to look at that and you got to be like, what is he saying? Yeah. Why is blood important? Uh, Because it's got midichlorians in it. Now I'm on board. (laughs) Isn't that how Afeta explains it? Because she's the one uh, way back then where she's like, that thing had your blood on it. And that blood uh, contained some of like your power. Right. right. Well, that's the other thing that's happening here is throughout the book, there are times when Severian is able to pull on the light of the new sun. And there's times when he's just pulling on, like, the power of the Earth Mm -hmm. or, like, the ship or whatever. Like, he's Goku Uh doing a spirit bomb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there there are some times when he's like, and I looked at myself from on high and I used the power of the Earth when he's talking about the healing and all of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know like what the me- like mechanistically. Yeah, what is actually happening there? Which I don't. I don't um, want to spend time knowing. Like, this is the yeah. This this. Yeah, this me neither. Thing I didn't like, look it up. I, I didn't go like. What did other people say? I just went. All right. I guess that happened. And I kind of don't want to ask the question or 
again, this is the thing of like, there's, it feels like we're getting the, you know how the, the, the post office has like the final mile delivery promise, right? Which uh-huh. is like the, the, the last mile, uh, the, the post office will deliver that last mile, right? So like if you order something from FedEx and you live on like a dirt road somewhere and FedEx doesn't go there, right? That's where the USPS will come in and be like, no, we do. We are fucking, we are the, we do the post service. That's what we yeah. do. And yeah. this book doesn't have that. <laughs> this book is the, <laughs> we'll deliver it to the edge of your dirt road. You come pick it up. And it's like, well, right. I shouldn't have ordered it to begin with then. You know, <laughs> I should have just not, I should have lived without, I should have lived with what I could grow on my own little farm and not worried about ordering the cool mm. flying drone camera from Amazon or whatever. Yeah. You now, we're, now you're talking my language. Farming. Say more about this drone camera. <laughs> oh, okay. Drone cameras. What <laughs> if halfway through this, Severian had gotten a drone <laughs> and it was like his pal. Like a droid. Well, he talks about himself as if he is the drone of the new sun, right? He uh, keeps yeah, talking about his, 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 his mind really resides in the white fountain and his body is a flesh marionette. I mean, that ends up being true. Yeah. Effectively, right? Because he mm-hmm. is an idolon. Yeah. He is he is the spirit. He is not the, the body. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, he threatens Typhon, yeah. and Typhon dies behind his curtain. We are told that Typhon will die behind his curtain, and because Typhon is not alive to say, hey, open up this curtain mm-hmm. to discover me dead, no one will, and the galactic empire will fall apart. Yep. You got to have someone willing to pull the, the damn curtain back. There's got to be one guy. You got to have a guy. You don't have well, a, don't. Or a policy. If I'm Typhon, I got a policy that's like, <laughs> hey, if I don't, if I don't, say, I don't say anything. Look, for look, a, I don't, I'm, I don't want to like step in here, but I will say this: Typhon does not seem like a guy with policies to me. I well, mean, he explicitly says here he's like, in the event of my death, which I'm increasingly certain will never happen. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> like that's, that's a, Typhon. <laughs> the policy is really more of a demand, and that demand should be, hey, at 7 p.m. every night, you bring me a diet coke. <laughs> You know what I mean? He doesn't have one of those. He doesn't have a like, he doesn't have a recurring one-on-one with anybody who's going to come hang. I guess no. his one demand is when I got the, when the curtains closed, you leave me alone. Yeah. It's private time. Typhon's private time. Typhon's me private and Python time. hanging out. Yeah. I do like that there's a little bit more clarity on the Python deal. Like that, that's why those straps are on that chair and everything is to keep Python from like just going and running off the edge of the mountain or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. So he goes back into time travel mode. Yeah, yep. he just goes, oh, let me step sideways. Yep, and it turns out, uh, you know fairies? You remember fairies from folklore? Well, they are uh, space alien angels who have been exiled from the larger space alien angels that they also are, who are, I don't know, better with God for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, why is that in here? Because Gene loves to take mythology and run it into a different genre and also run it into Christianity. Hmm. Um, and then I guess I don't even know what. Why what does he get ex- or sorry? Why does why does she get exiled? Why does the she fairy, doesn't know? She doesn't know. We don't know. Right. That's the thing oh. is like that. And oh. I mean, that's I think that's the theological point there. Right. Is that there is a there is a separation. There is a division. There is a wound at the heart of even the, what seems to us to be the highest possible level of reality yeah. beyond which is the unity that is the increate, but which is something that we in our divided state cannot even begin to understand. You know, my theory. Sure. 
it's because she either or both healed Severian and brought Thecla to him in the night, which are not just things. Hmm. That she she share she she does what he does, right? Which is hmm. visits the visits the the treats the client uh to something that he shouldn't have. Oh, okay. So like right. back on the ship when Severian has that really like vivid sense that Thecla has come into yes. the room and sat down on the bed with him. You're yes. saying that's okay. Yeah. That she visited Severian the way Severian visited Thecla, breaking the rule. And then huh. gave him pleasure the way Th- Severian brings pain to Thecla and death to Thecla. Huh. And that this breaks the rule. Because okay. there's all this stuff there about Zatkiel Zot- being like, you know, um, uh, I'm sorry, but I can't be just to you because I have to. I have to show the sailors the horrors of what will happen on Earth, uh, and uh, uh, I'm not able to give you blah blah blah. And I think that I think that it's Sadkiel's role to be unjust, and instead mm-hmm. does does find a way to even things out with Severian, both healing him as he requests and giving him time with Thecla. Even though we don't really see that time, or, and the first time I read it, I was like, "That's not real." He's he's just sleepy. <laughs> okay, it's that it's that, that um, <laughs> it's the, it's that Kevin Durant tweet. Uh, do y'all know this tweet? No, uh, Kevin so. Durant he's just says, sleepy. Uh, "Hashtag you ever wake up in the middle of the night and think about a girl you like or starting to like and sit at the edge of the bed and say, "Damn, I want her." That's Severian <laughs> to me. <laughs> that is. <laughs> oh, uh, you're getting ready to say, Cameron, you don't know where he ends up. What you said, you were like, I don't you were like you. You said oh, something yeah, like, I don't ago. know. Yeah, yeah. I, I forget where he steps to. Does he step to the uh, he steps into the gardens of the house? Absolute. That's right. right and he right. and he sees I like thought maybe there was a step in the middle for some reason. Nope. He like steps out into the gardens. He sees the monument to himself. And then he's also like, this is the precise spot where we raised that stage where we performed eschatology in Genesis. Uh-huh. I I th- so everything from here until the flooding of Earth is the best part of the book it bangs i like this stuff i even like the flooding of earth i i I, yeah me too it's just like it it's a big shift there and i'm just less interested in like the blow by blow but yeah which again i I would have been happy with he lands and this is where the ship lands the ship lands here yeah 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 that'd be great but you wouldn't but you wouldn't know about 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 the conciliator no i would because you know where i learned about the conciliator in the previous book. In the previous book. <laughs> <laughs> where, where you learned everything you need to know about the conciliator. Also in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the mysterious uh, fifth volume, sixth yeah. volume of the book of the new song. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I, yeah, I love this. I love that like he goes in. I love that. Do you like, like that the name everything. of this first chapter is Ding Dong Ding? <laughs> I did not. I did not know that. Oh, sorry. It's the yeah. second chapter. It's Severian from yeah. his cenotaph and then Ding Dong Ding because he's making the bells ring. Yeah. Right. Because the bells are ringing because these gravity waves or whatever are shooting off the white fountain and making everything ring-a-ding-ding all around the earth. Yeah. That's cool. When he fucking Uh, steps out from behind that tapestry, it's it's cool as hell. (laughs) 
Well, I like all the stuff beforehand, which is like the house absolute is like nearly abandoned. Yeah. It's decaying. Like we're in some like Edgar Allan Poe territory, right? Uh-huh. Like when he goes into this like chamber and it's just Valeria talking to the uh, prophetess, you know, the, yeah. the woman he healed earlier. Yeah. Like that to me is like completely in shadow, completely dark. Oh, yeah. They've each got one spotlight on them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's because he's like listening to them talking. He's like, wait a minute. These are lines from the play. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, where did they come from? Like, are they, do they know they're saying the words? Do they not? It's very cool. Well, Baldanders like is there. So he knows at least that that's what's Yeah. Baldanders shows up. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, hey, y'all, I'm big as hell. Yeah, I'm even bigger. Uh, I Just a, a side thing. I do like that we get like indirect confirmation that Severian did, in fact, meet the White Wolves. Yeah. Or possibly, you know, Thecla, like the White Wolves that are that we before were just said to wander in the House Absolute. So right. sometime in the 10 years that he was Autark, he mentions like <gasps> running from them. Yeah. <laughs> that like those They're wolves got there. after him. That's right. <laughs> well, I also like too that yeah, he's wandering through those like back, you know, backward corridors or whatever, and he like finds an assassin dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he and he raises the assassin, and he hears the assassin moving around. And he goes, "Uh oh!" and he runs yeah. away. Well, yeah, it's like he's accidental. Like, oh. Yeah, and, he yes. doesn't mean and to. Speaking of like the Poe stuff, right? It's not just the assassin is there and dead. He realizes the assassin has been dead for at least a year. Yeah. Like like there are assassins sneaking into the house absolute, accidentally dying or whatever. And then the corpses are just lying there. No one's cleaning up. The shit's falling apart. Like, like the, the, you know, the, the gyre's widening y'all and it ain't coming back together. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love it. I like the, the actual apocalyptic mode that Wolf is writing in here is really, really good. Uh-huh. And also like the kind of clockwork stuff here too, where he raises that assassin from the dead and then gets, a t- gets killed, killed by the assassin. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. That's like fascinating thing with Valeria sitting the throne uh, and not listening that the end is coming, right? Both the prophet and bald Anders are there. Uh, to say like, hey, something bad is getting ready to happen. And like, you know, to read this a little like allegorically or whatever, Valeria from the atrium of time, mm-hmm. time runs out, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, I think the point here is that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, she like she can't. And that's why she dies here in this scene as well, is that time is effectively over or restarted. Uh, but she is just sort of the, the you know, the mechanistic process ticking down to its end. Yeah. And I also, I, you know, I love the stuff that goes on around her that like time is ending. Everything's winding down partially because she doesn't have any of the words. Mm-hmm. Right. Like she became Altark without. Right. But by default, by, by necessity, but does not have the Altarks in her. And yeah. as such, cannot, you cannot leverage the power. No. She's so the autarky itself fell apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it can't work. Um, and so she's governing over this like, you know, dead world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then, you know, Nessus goes underwater. I love that when you find out that Nessus has been underwater for three days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, oh, that's the, the cool. thing of the like another comes and it's the sound of the sea <laughs> coming. Yeah. And yeah. then like in front of the sea is the assassin running at them to the degree that the first time I read this. I was very tired. And and they're just, you know, he's describing the door flying open. Um, 
not whispering, but sh- but shouting, for the world would never, for the for the word would never be abuse again. I commanded the sealed door through which I had come. It flew open, and through it came the assassin, mute still, half unknowing, numbed by the memory of the ashen plains of death. I called to him uh, to halt, but he had caught sight of the crown and Valeria's poor ravaged face face beneath it. He must have been a swordsman of some renown. No master at arms could have struck more quickly. I saw the flash of the poisoned blade, then felt the fiery pain of its thrust through my wife's poor rattled body into my own, where it reopened the wound that Agilus's Avern leaf had made so many years before. And that's it. The, then the waves come. And the first time I read that, I was like, oh, this is a med- this is he's just describing the ocean. The ocean as a right. poisoned blade coming for them all. But no, it's also, it is the literal assassin he resurrected by mistake. Um, but it's great. It's so good. <laughs> That's the final beat, right? It's not the ocean yep. coming. It's being stabbed in his in his chest, getting the Avery well, being stabbed payoff. through Valeria. Yeah, through Valeria. Right. Yeah. Who dies? Though he later will say, oh, she's out there. I feel it. Mm-mm. Come on. I mean, maybe in the fullness of time, because remember, he is now stretching. That's a thing that we haven't really brought up, but like is important here. He like starts feeling himself. That's how he was able to like step through time and do this stuff is he's stretched out in every place he could be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For some reason. (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) Well, because the day star's light is shining on all of it. That's. Oh, that right. Yeah, that is it. It's because his new the new sun begins to from the point at which the new sun is traveling towards Earth. That is as far back as he can go. And we know this because yeah. that's how he goes all the way back there. First, he does this stuff in the ocean. He runs into Odillo and the other two. What are their names again? Uh, Pega. Uh, Pega and Tice. And Tice. Uh, they're hanging out on a raft made of collected furniture. They run into Ada. Ada is like, you're a ghost, man. <laughs> it's weird that my mind would conjure yeah, you Yeah, I up. love showing up and like finding Iada and being like, yeah, remember when we like got on that boat? Well, I made that my whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I turned my back on the guild and became like that guy. Went to Asia, a did a whole bunch. I got married, sort of, not really, but we were kind of married. Yeah. We wanted to be, but we couldn't really like sink it. That's like a real human deal. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Like that two sentences where he's like, sometimes we wanted to get married and we didn't have enough money. And then when we did have enough money, we were fighting. So we didn't want to get married. Yeah. Like, but everybody Damn. treated us like we were married. So we basically were, you know? Yeah. Um, then she fell and over she the disappeared. Boat. A lot of disappearing women in the book of the new son, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Just like if you've got a gal, you better not let her out your eyesight. <laughs> I don't you think in the end, though, it's really like that's the women's fault, basically. I, yeah, right. says, I mean, that's the, I yeah. think that's like, you know, uh, in the uh, imaginary of the book, like that's the curse of being a woman. Yeah. Is you're always going to disappear when you're not on screen. You're, you'll disappear. You'll turn out to be not as uh, a stalwart as you could have been. You're going to yeah. you're always going to disappoint a man. That's the curse of being a woman. Yeah, you're less permanent. Yeah. <laughs> God. Well, eventually, yeah, he, you know, he talks he talks to his old bud and then he goes, oh, we skipped a little bit here, which is like uh, for a little while he goes swimming. He's yeah. like he's they see the boat and Severian's like, I'll just swim over to it and just sinks into the sea first mm-hmm. for a little while for too long, for longer than anyone could hold their breath. And then later does the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Goes and visits the sunken city. Uh, sees Nessus from above, sees an- even more ancient places. Anyone want to talk about that stuff? Does it matter? No, anybody? not really. I mean, it's, uh, hey, you remember all the way back when you had that dream about being underneath the ocean? Yeah, here it is. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Finds his way to a, I mean, to like a long sandbar, basically, a long island, a thin island, well, yeah. right? Or is that mm-hmm. after? He goes there first, right? 
No, he gets there. So he like walks through Nessus and everything. He sees, you know, the mausoleum where he played as a kid, but yeah. the, uh, the door has finally been shut. Uh, and he sees the Undine specifically, like right, he catches sight right. of her and he's like trying to track her down to talk with her because she, she showed up in uh, Valeria's chamber and kind of like mm-hmm. had her own warning. And she was also like puking blood and stuff because yeah. she's above the water. Uh, like that's a really dark souls thing to me, right? The <laughs> visual there of her, cause she's so big that she can only like shove her head into the room. Yeah, it's the uh, the twin princes boss fight, Dark Souls three. Yep, mm-hmm. totally is, totally yep. is. That whole area is this actually, huh? Yeah, <laughs> and like doubly so because that whole area is a rework in my mind of Boletaria from Demon Souls. So it's like a <laughs> yes. return to that. Exa- you know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, she like has her whole line where she says, uh, "Like Abaya only ever wanted to save humanity by taming them," and then she. Oh, she references sperm whales or something. I think I take this as a Melville reference. Ah, uh, right? sure. Like, like Abaya, who's been this like weird Cthulhu creature here gets flipped into an Ahab. Like uh-huh. the, the sort of like weirdly human impulse to just control. Like if I could just control everything myself, if I could just kill that fucking whale, <laughs> then everything would be right. Um, yeah. So he's like trying to find her because he's like, well, maybe she is helpful or whatever. And also I can't die. He wants to die. That's one of the reasons he he jumps into the water is that he is so sad at having destroyed earth that he wants to die, but cannot deeply guilty. Right. Yeah. And And he talks to Jaterna, you know, this, that lady. Yeah. And, and she's like, he's like the earth ended. And she's like, well, earth is still around. He goes, this is Ushas. Yeah. I was like, we're on a different planet now. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, why don't you go through time about it? And he does. <laughs> and he does. Uh, what do you think about the bit where he's like, finds a little skull that he likes a lot. And then he's like, mm-hmm. sure. was a good thing. I did that skull ritual in the last book. And then I go, wait a second. Why'd you do that skull ritual in the last book? That never came up. Yes, he did. Yeah. I mentioned that. Cause I, I no, pointed no, no, it no, out. no, no, no. I mean, why did he do it? It didn't come up. The, what was he, what was that important for? Oh, I mean, I uh, took it in the moment that it happens in the book, right? Uh-huh. As like part of the zero gravity training that there's Why some were the sort of skulls there. I thought it was some sort of necromancy maneuver. I don't know. Ritual. You got to have skulls for rituals. I guess you got to have. Skulls I like for the rituals. image of how he picks up the skull. He, he, he like hooks his fingers in the eye sockets yeah. and just like a bowling ball. It's like he's got a bucket in his hand. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's fun. But no, there's no. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is like zero gravity. I guess being under the water is like having no gravity. Right. Well, yeah. and that's the flip, right? Is that you encounter that scene in, in Book of the New Sun, and it's like, oh, this is some sort of like weird anti-gravity space training. And then his payoff here is realizing, actually, that was training me for this moment. Right, right. right for being right, underwater. For being underwater. Sure, that's mm-hmm. true. That's true. Um, wow. I just want to say real quick, by the way, we're, I'm really like, well, this book's disappointed me about all this sort of like metaphysical space stuff. Uh, better than Starfield. And I'll just leave it at that. Because <laughs> Starfield tries to get into this space a little bit too, is what I'll say. If y'all don't know and they're like done with Starfield, you should go look up some of Starfield spoiler stuff. Uh, All right. So I'm curious what you will think. Okay. Unless okay. you plan on one day like, doing that as a content, in which case you don't I say don't. either way on the into, to a microphone, obviously. But, uh, but yeah. I don't. <laughs> Statement. I don't. I don't plan on doing that. Okay. I'll, I'm going to do a Starfield, but I'm just going to use Cameron's uh, audio from Too Much Future. 
Oh, that's a good idea. I, I think um, uh, the, the closest I'm ever going to get to like completing Starfield is uh, inevitably in five years watching Danny do a stream where he says yes. he's going to quote, quote unquote make Starfield good by installing 200 mods and he'll play 45 minutes and Whoa. say that he's done. This is the thing is in five years, Starfield's going to be good. Sure. Because that's the stupid world of AAA video games that we live in now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that like they're hey, just here's my belief. I don't think cyberpunk's good. Still, I think there's good stuff in there, though. I think that expansion's pretty good, but there's always been good stuff in there. Yeah, uh, I think that the moment can I if tell you, believe you, have enough, you gone back? If, did if, you go back? Uh, yeah. Did you did you unlock the air dash? <laughs> I, I've seen. I have not myself. You should unlock the air there. dash. The air dash makes that a good game. Unfortunately, All it turns right. out it's fun to jump in a video game. Uh, oh, no way. And really? does it does it undo the uh, racism or transphobia? Uh, no, it does not. But it is fun to double jump. What about grinding people into dust beneath its wheels? Uh, it does not undo that part. No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. That. No video game. It turns so we're out in like Peter that. Pan land of uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. wish that it was good and now it is good. So yeah, yeah. But you, you, you know what I mean when I say we live yeah. in the world in which because in the past what used to happen is it would grind someone into dust and then they would move on to another project where for at least a year it felt like they yeah. weren't being ground into dust and yeah. now. It ships and it keeps grinding. And that, I think, mm-hmm. is a qualified worse position for video games as an industry to be in. Yeah, it's kind of like um, like cyberpunk like falls onto the stage and we all have to clap to make it like be good now. Right. And the whole time we're doing that, we're watching someone. Every time you clap, yes. there's a sound activated device that crushes a human <laughs> being live in front of you. Uh-huh. And you get to watch like blood seep from their pores uh-huh. as the game stands up. But there, there is an air dash. So there is an air. Dash. Cameron, didn't you re- review this game positively for Polygon? I don't think I reviewed it positively. I think I said, "Hey, uh, here's the here's the deal. I'm afraid that what's going to happen here is that this game is pretty good now, but uh, it's going to get so much money funneled into it mm. nightmarishly that we'll, we'll forget that any of this ever happened to begin with." Mm-hmm. And like the truth teller that I am, like some sort of Severian who knew the past and the future at one time, that shit happened. It did. Mm-hmm. I called it because like anyone who was paying attention could have called it. You know, I mean, it's not unique to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, sure. I, I clapped while the person got crushed. Okay. I was gonna make sure you knew you were clapping. <laughs> yeah. And I did it for the Witcher three too. Yeah. I've clapped my ass off while that crushed people to death. That one I didn't really care for so much. So you got, did you, uh, did you play hard of stone? No, I didn't even finish the main thing. Oh, you gotta, you gotta get that hard of stone. Mm. I am without sin. I have not touched any of these games. Oh, that's right. And that's why you'll save us. Uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, no, this is why uh, only Cameron and I can save the world because we that's are right. the sinners. That's it. <laughs> well, uh, so would you rather be Apple Punch Out or the Conciliator? Tier list. Apple Punch Out S tier. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh-huh. no, actually, let me, uh, I'm going to dodge that question by saying this. If there's like a major issue with this book. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of things that, like, I think get robbed of mystery here in a way that, that are kind of a bummer. But a major one is, like, all that stuff that you brought up so many times, Austin, which is legitimately cool. Yeah. Vivimancy. It sucks. Bringing, bringing oneself miserable. to life, all this kind of stuff. That's just obliterated. It's Like, none of that. That gets treated as, like, fun language. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, someone literally misapprehended. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. It's just metaphor. Yeah. It's just. And can I tell you the worst part about it is that it demolishes it with another thing I like, which is the green man. 
That's true. And Say that more. makes it even worse, right? Because the thing that ends up happening here is he feels, and I like this first part enough on paper. He he feels so bad about it that, like you said, the fairy says, why don't you time travel about it? And so he does. And he, part of what he says is like, or I'm sorry, the Juturna says it, Juturna says yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. And and specifically the thing that that he says like this is Ushas like like you said, uh, and and she says yeah but Earth lives in Ushas and in you, uh, uh, you know and and he's like I got to go think about it and she's like all right then go do that and his response to all of this is to flee to the old son as mm-hmm. far back as he can he misses the old son he feels so bad about having destroyed the Earth that he goes back to when the sun was brightest in his own past which is the furthest back he can go, which is the era of Apu Punchau. And what happens is he wanders into an Otakthan village. He hangs out with a woman there after begging for food. He helps repair her house once. And then he does it a second time. And the second time he like builds an archway, which is a technology that they don't understand. And they come over, the, the hetman of the village and the shaman are like, wait a second, bud. How'd you build an archway? That's a, how does that should fall apart, but it doesn't fall apart. And he tries to explain to them using what little bits of the language he knows and lots of gesturing what his story is. I don't know why he he tells them the shit he tells them, but they start to they come to the rest of the crew and go like, oh, this is the guy who brings the sun every morning. And they go, well, that's not true. Prove it. Prove it. You stand here and keep the sun from showing up. Or, or make it show up early or whatever, mm-hmm. and and then we'll believe you. And it happens to be, as Michael, you said, that there is uh, a an eclipse that morning. You know, the, the, the sun block or the, the earth blocks out the sun for a moment in such a way that they then believe that Severian is, in fact, the bringer of the, of the sun. Uh, and so he becomes Apu Punchau and lives a life of teaching them stuff and bringing civilization into existence, which sucks. Yeah, which is boring. <laughs> but but you replaced it with a thing you like. Sorry. Well, and then the thing that's you're happen- too bit bu- you're too busy mo- actively mourning a good thing, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So the the eventually he's he's like, well, this sucks. I don't want to be here either. This whole section feels claustrophobic to me already before yes. the tomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, which Did I think you is read actually- this a physical edition or is like an ebook? I'm reading this as an ebook. Well, so the physical edition makes it feel even more because, like, you're down to the There's last thirty left, pages or right? something. Yeah, and you're like, what yeah. could happen now? Yeah. Like, right. wh- how much room could there I mean, be? For what it's worth, my thing says ninety six percent at the bottom right. of the page. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, so similarly, I was like, I know this is the end. I know, like, what is happening? And and also, I think the claustrophobia comes from. Um, it, I think it becomes clear to him he can't just travel away from here now. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, the sun is the new sun is too far away. He's actually fairly weak here because the yeah, new sun has. I mean, he can get, get sunburned and stuff now, which he couldn't before. Oh, right. That's true. And eventually, he's like, "I'm going to walk into the sea," <laughs> <laughs> and his village goes like, uh, "No, you're not allowed to do that." So they kill him and put him in his house, the tomb of Apu Punchau instead. Because, of course, he couldn't really die. He's just going to rise again every day with the sun. As long as the sun comes back, then he'll come mm-hmm. back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that he didn't die. They didn't manage to kill him, really, because he's not really a guy. He's this soul that can take various physical forms. And eventually, 
our friends, the hero duels come back again and they go, are you surprised you're seeing us? Us too. <laughs> Did you think we were done seeing each other? Yep. Yeah. We all thought that, but uh, here we are. I guess we all are time travelers now. So that throw that shit out the, out the, out the door, you know, you've gone back further in time than where you were before. So I guess you're back here now too. Um, you'll escape, you'll escape. You got to just hold out hope for the, for the, the new sun as a star tonight to show up, to give you the power you need to get out of here. Um, and while waiting for that, you know, he begins to try to dig himself out. You know, when it shows up, he tries to dig himself out. And it, in my reading, at least it seems like what actually happens is the green man shows up and like helps him kick one of the stones of the tomb free. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, the green man is outside the tomb and like rolls the stone off or whatever. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Really, truly does do that, huh? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And so there's actually two things I like coming to help him that I that I wish hadn't, which is the the hero duels and the green man are the are the way that this all ends up being really neatly, cleanly dealt with. And it's like I don't I like those things as their own things. I didn't want them to intersect with Apu Punchow. Well, do. sometimes you gotta get. Sometimes you're in debt to the green man. Yeah. By one, you know what I mean. And then and he you races gotta, like, out get that there out before you're done. And it's impossible for me to think about this without thinking about that clip from the Flash movie going around, where like all the different Earths are, you know, all the different universes, and the Flash is running mm-hmm. between them all. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I saw it in a the movie theater. Did you? Damn. Oh hell yeah, I did. I've okay. only seen the baby. I think I went clip. and saw it opening day in the movie theater. Oh, you haven't seen Jesus. the multiverse clip that has like references to all other DC media ever, including stuff uh, that was never actually made. No. It's really oh. not even that. It's like four things. It's like four things. It's four. It's like actually a, fa- a fairly small amount of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's four things. But one of those things is a movie that was never made. Yes. Yeah, Nicholas Cage fighting a big spider. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, well, they got that in. Okay. They did get that in. They did get that yeah. in. But From yeah. Kevin Smith's uh, <laughs> famous rant. Was there mm-hmm. a rant did about you, that? Did you, did you ever, oh, yeah. That's like the, the deal. Mm. Yeah, there was, uh, he, that was a producer. A producer was obsessed with the idea of a giant spider fight and mm. like made him shoehorn it in. And eventually that same producer went on to work on the Will Smith Wild Wild West film, which has a that's, giant spider. That's very funny. Directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, by the way. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm... Not happy about any of this stuff. It really does demystify Apu Punch-Out. It demystifies Vivamancy. Um, There's a lot here that, uh, you know, and this is where we get from the hero duels, the bit about him being an Eidolon, right? An Eidolon, right? Yeah. Yeah. We find out at the end that he, like Triskel, like Master Malrubius, whatever. Yeah. Severian is like a holographic projection. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But from himself go. or from the new sun inside, uh, right? It's not, he's not an acquisitor from the machine. Right. Well, that's the idea. I, I don't um, know what the mechanism is that makes him. I mean, so the increate. Y- yes. Right. Like uh, here, here is well, the yeah. way that I understand this. And also the next chapter. Severian has spent all of these books being Jesus. Severian yeah. is now God. Right. 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 Like he is he has scaled the levels of reality. Now, when I say Severian is God, I do not mean that Severian is necessarily one to one with the increate. Uh, like some of the stuff I'm picking up on here is like when he tries to. So he is like a God to the Atokthons that he's hanging out with. 
he tries to leave and they kill him. This is Freud, right? Like this is straight up. This is where Freud thinks civilization starts is that there's like a patriarch who is like synonymous with like a a God or whatever in the tribe. And uh, there's a group of men who like kill the father uh, and then deify him. Uh, and so we've got that. And then we get this final chapter where Severian gets shunted back to Ushus and he finds out that they're like, he disappeared, right? Like the, the main God, the sleeper, he lives in the ocean. And so we only had these three instructor deities in the meantime to tell us how to live our lives. And now God is back after they're already dead too. Right. Like it's a, well, what if, what if the experience of being God is the experience of, uh, you know, destroying the world and feeling so bad about it that you have to go to sleep for a while, you have to disappear, but you set up in your place a kind of like smaller God who can help people out. But uh, that person doesn't have any of your guidance or anything. And then when you manage to come back again, the people that you have already like the people that you were supposed to usher into the new civilization have already killed like your intercessor deity. Mm hmm. I understand exactly like why you're answering the question this this way, Michael, because like mm-hmm. thematically that is exactly what occurred here. Yeah. But the question as it stand as it initially stood was like, what kind of Edelon or like what is the mechanism that produces him? And uh what what is the external energy force? Uh, well, right, I, so like three fifty. This is three fifty five. Yeah. Am I a needle on a ghost? I looked at my hands, mm-hmm. hoping to be reassured by their solidity. They were shaking to quiet them. I had to jam them against my thighs. What a very specific thing to do. <laughs> Barbados said, uh, "What you call Edelons are not ghosts, but beings maintained in existence by some external source of energy. What you call matter is all in actuality merely bound energy. The only difference is that some is held in material form by its own energy." At that moment, I wanted to cry more than I'd ever wanted anything in my life. Actuality? You think there's really any actuality? <laughs> King! The release. <laughs> the, I, I mean, we already got the materialism thing, right? Oh, yeah. The release yeah. of tears would have been nirvana, harsh training yet held in no tears tame. For an instant, I wonder wildly whether Edelons could weep at all. You speak of what is real, Severian. Thus, do you hold to what is real still? A moment since we spoke of him, who makes? Among your folk, the simple call him God, and you, the letter, name him Increate. What were you ever but his Eidolon? So I guess the- That's the, what I'm saying. Yeah. So like every time you die, or every time, not you, but every time Severian dies, he actually dies, but God just makes another Severian? Well, I think Z- Sadkiel made the Severian on the uh, on the ship. When, when yes. Severian falls down the shaft mm-hmm. and dies, Zach right. is standing above him when it wakes up, right? So like, right. And, yeah. and, and Zach Kill is, is but like uh, uh, a, I mean, literally a hero grammate, right? right? Yeah, like yeah. writing God's will into, into, into existence. Reality. Right, exactly. Right. And so my question is, here's my question. Did that happen before that too? I guess it did. Because yes. is, yeah. is, that, is that in the previous book where he's like, there was this other Severian? Yeah. Where da 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 and again, I think uh, the, I think there's a transformation here in how these I think Book of the New Sun, the first four books have a different explanation for what's up with all these Severians than this book does. Yes, I think so. I too. think this book I is right. I feel that also. Yeah, I don't know that I can elaborate on it, though. Do you can you try to? I, I mean, I, I can elaborate on it in, in that I think that the first four books have a different narrative. What do you think? Tell what us do you think thing. that the other Severians are in that book? I think that just the retcon is that that happens here is that anytime there was an amb- ambiguity about like where a Severian was or if a Severian died or what a Severian is, 
don't you don't have to think about it too hard because God just made another Severian okay. or resurrected the Severian because we're all energy, you know, uh, subordinate to the infinite energy of God mm-hmm. of the increate. Right. And uh, if you get hit by that Avern, God can just bring you back to life. Uh, and because it is all written narratively to all, always have happened, then that's what occurred. Like, I just don't think it's, like, more complicated than that, unfortunately. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, bringing up the Avern is, like, a great example of where this maybe did already exist in those books, which at the time we kind of waved off as being part of some grand mythological you know, uh, 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 religious destiny, right. That, that, that he was being pulled back up through, you know, at that point, at that point, I guess maybe I'd said, Oh, he has to call the conciliator on him by then, but does he, by oh, then? Can, yes, he does. Can by I, then. He does by then. Yeah. That. Yes. So can, that's probably can what I, I can I offer like alternate readings here? Please. And then we can like talk about please, the Avern. Please, please. So I think in the first four books, and this is just pure supposition. I don't have, you know, like a math problem to tell you why I think this is true. Yeah. I think what happens with the Avern is something like Master Ash. I think that what's going on when Severian dies and then is resurrected, so when he drowns at the beginning, when he dies with the Avern, maybe he gets crushed to death when his leg is crushed. Maybe he dies there, too. Mm -hmm. I think what happens there is it's like a probability wave thing, right? That... Uh, we there are two realities, one in which he dies and one in which he doesn't. Right. And through some time manipulation, hullabaloo, uh, we get the miraculous resurrection. The probability wave collapses into miracle rather than into death, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's like the looping severians we get. I think what happens here, the alternate explanation is God did it. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the more science fiction-y version that is existent or can be mm-hmm. read in the first four. Mm-hmm. That is my assertion. Michael, wait, wait, do you have a different belief system here? No, I mean, I think that's about right. I also tend to slot this into like the meta angle that I work, where part of the like part of the reason Severian can't be Severian himself anymore and becomes a hologram in this book is that we've left Book of the New Sun, right? right? right. At this point, yeah. like at this point, he becomes not even who he was in the book. He becomes this weird amalgamation of or a projection, we might say, of that plus something else, right? The reader's interpretive faculty uh, filtered through like the design that Gene Wolf is is like laying down for us if we want to like put Wolf in the position of increate there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like now we can have multiple Severians because we've got interpretive practices firing off on, you know, all angles, right? Like there's all sorts of Severians in the reader community doing all sorts of things and they can come up with a new Severian to... Yeah fit into whatever kind of uh, gap uh, uh, may be detected in the narrative as a whole. Right. Yeah, I think that that, that, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's like the thing here requires, like as, as you're saying, we're outside of like the metaphysical angle of the first four books. We're in, we have shunted ourselves outside of reality. We've clipped through the skybox. Mm-hmm. And what we have found is something like way more boring than what was in the skybox. Yeah. Like it turns out that like flying around up here kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Right. For me. Yeah. And that's the experience of being God. Totally. Yeah, maybe. Totally. Like, that's, I don't know if I buy Dragon's Dogma, by the way. That's also. It does. It does yeah. <laughs> you know, here, here's the deal. Dragon's Dogma is better than this. Like it's, objectively. It genuinely is. If the it, thing it, that by, happened like, at the it, end of Dragon's Dogma happened here to Severian, it would actually be sick as hell. Yeah. It would be fucking great. <laughs> 
anyway. Dragon's talking about uh, the book of the new sun crawled. So yeah, this is <laughs> so true. Dragon's talking about could fly. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But like, not too high, not out of Bria right. and Indy's side, which is <laughs> going right. to be a problem. But but no, I mean, I, in and like I, you're 100 percent right, too, Michael, in your reading of the ending here. Yeah. Like you got to kill God to make God. Right? Yep. Like mm-hmm. you got you got to you got to get you got to shunt the old out of the way to let the new happen. Right. Which um, which quite you know the, the thing the bit towards the very in the very final chapter where uh, Severian's like no wait a second bud there's no God but the increate uh-huh. uh huh and the guy's like oh yeah 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 oh yeah for sure for sure for sure for sure but for mm-hmm. basic bitches like me. <laughs> Uh, we need the little gods. That's what makes us move. This is a thing, just by the way, that recurs in other parts of the solar cycle. It's that makes part sense. of Wolf's thinking that uh, basically polytheism is a stepping stone to monotheism. And that's part of like the civilizational evolution yeah. model that he's got working in the background. Here. That even seemed true in in the shadow of the torturer, right? In the yeah. in the, mm-hmm. the jungle, right? In the jungle garden. Um, that's yeah. always seemed kind of there. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, Long Sun takes that for a ride. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. We'll say. The um, yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that the four gods they get. You know, they're they're kind of these four random people. <gasps> yeah, it's yeah. You know, essentially. But but one well, of them being like Odillo. the butler. Yeah, Odillo. Yeah, Odillo, Odillo the god. Like absolutely, Odillo getting to be the god of um, what's wait, what is he the god of? The god of of learning, of teaching, right? The god of being like a cool dude, yeah, right? Yeah, like, like, like language and being nice, yeah, and polite. He's the Writing judge. And bring, him, bring him wine. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Also, we skipped the did we skip the other bit, which is like, who are these people? And the they're answer just, is they're the sailors who tried to kill Severian and Yassad, and their punishment for that is to have their minds wiped to be dropped on Earth. Or sorry, on Onushas. Yeah. That's that's well, they got you gotta be Meshia and Meshian. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which again suggests that there really aren't other worlds of humans out there in a way. Yeah. Sort of, you know. I mean, they are. There, there can be, but yeah. the most earthy earth humans Is, were on that ship. Yeah, yeah, because they came from Earth. Yeah, yeah. The cosmology like kind of getting wrapped up in a, in like the, the world's like littlest handkerchief. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Here is like a, a bummer, kind of right. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Now wait a second. Yeah, I didn't finish this book. Oh, you didn't. You didn't read, read the, the appendix? Well, yeah. because in the stupid digital edition I have, the thing that happens on the next page. I get there. My priest told me the other gods sleep. And then I turn the yep. page and it says by Gene Wolfe from Tom Doherty Associates. And it's a list of Gene Wolfe books and then oh. praise from Gene Wolfe and the Earth of the New Sun. And then there's an appendix. Yeah. The Miracle of Apu Punch. Can I just read this live? Please. Because yeah. it is. I. Okay. You know what? Shout out to Gene. <laughs> for no, doing it again. I was yeah. about to say. I was literally about to say, and this book sucks because there's no appendix. I turned the page and here it is. Nope. He does it one more time. And it's not trivia. It's like it is let me, let me puzzle box it. gene, okay, which is go. even funnier. Go ahead. Appendix. The miracle of Apu Punchau. No sort of wonder is more convincing to the primitive mind than one affecting the presumably immutable workings of the heavens. Severian's prolongation of the night, however, may leave less credulous minds puzzling over the ways in which such a marvel might be achieved without a cataclysm greater than that which accompanied the arrival of the new sun. At least two plausible explanations could be put forward. 
Mass hypnosis is invoked by historians to explain all multiply, mul- all multiply attested wonders that cannot be degraded in any other fashion, but it is something no actual hypnotist offers to produce. If, Historical Jesus. Yeah. Uh-huh. If mass <laughs> hypnosis is discarded, the only alternative appears to be an eclipse in the broadest sense. That is, the passage of some opaque body between the old sun and earth. In this context, it should be noted that the stars seen in the skies of the Commonwealth in winter rise in spring over the stone town, presumably due to the procession of the equinoxes, but that during his prolongation of the night, Severian sees his accustomed spring stars. This would seem to favor the second explanation, as is the immediate manifestation of the old sun, already higher than the rooftops, after the capitulation of the autochthons. Nothing Severian writes indicates what the opaque body may have been, but the thoughtful reader will find little difficulty in advancing at least one plausible speculation. GW. Yeah, so GW is giving you puzzle box gene. Unbelievable. Here at the very end. It's not so I I I must have misunderstood this because I just thought that the earth was blocking the sun. I thought it was mm-hmm. a classic just regular eclipse. Yeah. Classic eclipse. Yeah. yeah. What is it? What's blocking the sun? Is it the new sun? No, because it's still far away. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's like shooting gravity waves and shit out. I think that the read here, I have no investment in this because mm-hmm. I do not care. Yeah. I have to say that up front. It just doesn't matter to me even a little bit. Yeah. And whatever is in people that makes them want to answer this question, I just don't have, which is not, if that is you, that's totally great, listener. I, I, that's not me shitting on this. It's just like I'd never in a million years would have thought about this. Right. It's like of all the mysteries to leave us hanging with, it's this it's one. so funny. I, and I do love that. It's the equivalent of being like, hey, do you know how long a yard is? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Uh, I think the general read here is it's the it's the ship, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, Zatkiel ship. Oh, sure. Because we see it uh, sure. on uh, uh, Yesud, uh, like rising into the sky and sort of miming an eclipse. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't once before. It like passes between the sun and the island. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think the general answer here, or that's one of the answers here. I'm sure there's more interesting ones, but um, now why is it here? I don't know. It's very you. funny. Maybe Zadkiel did it. You know what I mean? He's like, we got to get that miracle in. Yeah. Pull, yeah. pull over, everybody. We're doing a miracle at the, at the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Beep, beep. <sighs> but that also implies the ship is real big. Or close. Right. But even if it were close, it would have to be real big. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't see it, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's both big and close. Yeah. That's the end of the book, y'all. Yeah. You've done the new sun. We reported the new sun. You hit for the cycle. Yeah. We did it. Hooray. (laughs) A man invented by his symbols. Severian. Me. Me, us. We were invented. I've been invented by my symbols. Oh, no. Me and my flag with the baby baby and its wave <laughs> holding its own flag. Yeah. That is the flag that is itself. Oh, that's what my third symbol should have been. Is the for, is the whole thing again. Yeah, that Forever. was my third symbol. Oh, that was your third symbol. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Good, good, good. That's good. In eternity. Yeah. We, any big thoughts? I mean, we've, we've, you know, this is the weird thing about talking I about, feel like we're, I feel like, sun. let's step away from it. People, we're going to do a Q and a for the, for the bonus. We side, are right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's let that be where our big thoughts go. Because well, that was also like one of the things that's weird is like you read the end of, you read the final book and you have like your big thoughts and then you read the final book again. 
You know what I mean? I it's did a not have that experience phenomenon. because I knew we were reading this. And like, right. I, I, it didn't feel like a coming to a, like, it's all, it's all, I was poisoned by your knowledge. I was poisoned by right. the knowledge you've given me. Of, you were poisoned by phenomenal time. That yeah. You another book existed. And the job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's yeah. a difference for me between, oh yeah, I finished part four of four slash four or five. And now what's going to happen, which is I'm not going to read words by Gene Wolf for a week and then another week and then a third week and then holidays are going to happen and we're going to start reading for other. We're going to watch Next Stop Christmas and then we're going to start our next book. I have purchased the DVD, by the way, of Next Stop Christmas. Are there it is the most bare bones DVD a human being damn. could have. I really wanted bonus features. Yeah. I wonder if there. I, you know, I don't know if there's bonus features, but I'm, I'm guessing. No. Yeah, I'm just. Based on what I'm seeing here, but the but that is that is that is when I will have finished the book, right? Um, yeah. Was it was it uh, V. Buckingham who said the first time, the moment that you start playing a game is when you first watch a trailer or read the back of the box or first learn about what it is. That's when the play begins. Um, yeah. For me, like I won't be done reading this book until I have a day that goes by where I'm not thinking about this book, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will maybe know it's when we're reading our it. next book, Earthsea. Yeah. Yeah. That's the next thing we're doing. We're gonna take. We're go- we are gonna take the little short break. Mm-hmm. Not a break, but we're gonna we're just gonna watch a movie as a mainline episode for the holiday. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna do uh, a we're gonna Q&A. Do next stop Christmas. Yeah. And for the bonus ode at rangetouch.com or patreon.com slash rangetouch, um, we're gonna be doing a Q and A over there. So send those uh, questions Michael, to questionedbygenre at gmail.com questioned by genre at gmail.com you can also maybe uh if you just want to leave them like uh as a a, um, a comment on the newsletter on patreon i would also accept that i, I can i can grab those mm-hmm. there um the uh yeah we're gonna be doing that and then we're doing our earth sea after that so it'll be in the new year yeah we will be we will be starting with Earth, and we're gonna read all of them we <laughs> we picked an edition <laughs> right. we made it we we picked an edition we made a decision one that only uniquely put out Michael. I apologize, uh-huh. Michael. <laughs> Great. Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry this happened. Uh, but we're going to be looking, we're going to be reading the books of Earthsea, the complete illustrated edition. It came out in 2018. It's like a big omnibus volume. Of, it's uh, gigantic. All of, it is yeah. like a thousand pages. But it seemed like the, uh, you know, you can do it however you want, but we're going to standardize our edition, at least internal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like 38 bucks right now, 33 bucks right now. So, you know, it looks like you can get it pretty cheap. Um, so if you want to read along, that's a pretty easy way of doing that. And more than likely, we're going to do one of these books per episode. Maybe not for the first one, but I mean, they're pretty short. They're like a hundred pages each. Yeah, they're pretty short. Yeah. And also they're books for children. Right. Mm-hmm. This is, this is sort of like, you know, I, I think about this as being like the, the predecessor of contemporary YA, a thing I know there's lots of predecessors yeah. for, but it's one of the key ones. Yeah, absolutely. This Predane, yeah, uh, yeah. maybe The Darkest Rising. I've not mm-hmm. read that at all. Oh, really? You haven't read The Darkest no, Rising? Not at all. Oh, we got to do that on here yeah. at some point. Darkest Rising and Earthsea are like entwined in my mind because they are sets, like they are series that my school libraries when I was a kid did not have all of them. Uh, yeah, same. But they had like, and it wasn't like, oh, they had like the first three, but right, not the right, last three. It's right. like they had the first two, but not the third. And then they do have the fourth. And so, right. I think as a kid, I read The Darkest Rising like two, four, five, six or something. Yeah. You know I mean, just had big, big, you know, gaps in the middle. But, uh, but th- those are wild. Mm-hmm. Um, 
similar kind of universe too to the Wrinkle in Time books. Sure, I would say sure. they have a similar kind of dark tone to them. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be doing that. Books of Birthsea illustrated, the complete illustrated edition. Um, and uh, that'll be the thing that we move on to. Thanks for listening to us talk about Book of the New Sun. We will be back shortly. The next mainline episode that you're going to hear is uh, on Next Stop Christmas, Hell which yeah. is a Hallmark film that you can purchase, I think, for $10 the DVD, or you can watch it on many different streaming platforms. Let me look, actually, and tell you when that episode is coming out. That episode will come out. Beep, beep, beep. It actually might come out on the 5th. We'll see. Of I'm January? Yeah, I think we might have gotten a release schedule wrong when we decided that. Well, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. No, no, we won't. It'll come out the 20. No, it will come out the 5th. It will come out January 5th. That's fine. Everyone will have the holidays fresh in their minds. Mm -hmm. Yep, they will. They'll know. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, And uh, go to patreon.com slash range touch in order to listen to some bonus episodes and our Q and a episode you will, I think we'll be recording the bonus episode like immediately after this. So uh, as soon as you're hearing this, please give us some questions uh-huh. and we'll have already uh, solicited those questions on all the other platforms too. So mm. bye bye. We need a poem. Uh, we need a poem. I was thinking we poem. could get out without it. No. no. Amid these stacks so straight and tall with tomes lined end to end. How are you to find your way? It's shelved by genre friend. Thank you.